0: We go. Good afternoon. I'd like to call to order the June Fourteenth, two thousand twenty-two meeting of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Madam Secretary, please call the roll. President Moran. Aye. Uh, here.
1: Vice President Ajami. Here. I'd like to note that Vice President Ajami is attending this meeting remotely via the 45th supplement to the mayor proclamation declaring the existence of a local emergency dated February 25th, 2020. Commissioner Maxwell? Here. Commissioner Paulson? We have a quorum. This meeting is being held in person at San Francisco City Hall, Room 400, as authorized by the California Government Code Section 54953E and Mayor Breed's 45th supplement to our February 25th, 2020 emergency proclamation. I would like to remind all individuals present and attending the meeting in person today that all health and safety protocols and building rules must be adhered to at all times. Hand sanitizer stations are available throughout the building and masks are available, available at all city hall entrances. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods for each item, the commission will take two minutes of public comment first from those attending the meeting in person and then from those attending the meeting remotely. MEMBERS OF THE PUBLIC MAY PROVIDE REMOTE PUBLIC COMMENT BY dialing 1-415-655-0001 MEETING I.D. 2481-759-6071 POUND POUND AND PRESSING STAR THREE TO RAISE YOUR HAND TO SPEAK PLEASE NOTE THAT YOU MUST LIMIT YOUR COMMENTS TO THE TOPIC OF THE AGENDA ITEM BEING DISCUSSED UNLESS YOU ARE SPEAKING UNDER GENERAL PUBLIC COMMENT AND REMIND YOU IF YOU DO NOT STAY ON THE TOPIC THE CHAIR CAN INTERRUPT AND ASK YOU TO LIMIT YOUR COMMENT TO THE AGENDA ITEM. We ask that public comment be made in a civil and respectful manner and that you address your remarks to the commission as a whole, not to individual commissioners or staff. On behalf of the commission, I would like to extend our thanks to SFGTV staff and SFPUCIT staff for their assistance during this meeting. If you've not already done so, please silence your electronic devices.
0: Thank you. And before calling the first item, I'd like to announce that the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission acknowledges that it owns and are stewards of the unceded lands located within the ethno-historic territory of the Muwekma Ohlone tribe and other familial descendants of the historic federally recognized Mission San Jose Verona band of Alameda County. The SFPUC also recognizes that every citizen residing within the Greater Bay Area has and continues to benefit from the use and occupation of the Muwekma Ohlone tribes of Aboriginal lands since before and after the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's founding in 1932. It is vitally important that we not only recognize the history of the tribal lands on which we reside, but also we acknowledge and honor the fact that the Muwekma Maloni people have established a working partnership with the SFPUC and are productive and flourishing members within the many greater Bay, San Francisco Bay Area communities today. Uh, Madam Secretary, would you call the first item?
1: First item is item 3, adopt renewed findings under state urgency legislation to allow hybrid in-person meetings during the COVID-19 emergency and direct the Commission Secretary to agendize a similar resolution at a commission meeting within the next 30 days.
0: And would you open public comment, please?
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes to promote public comment specifically on item number 3, state urgency legislation, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, are there any speakers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no speakers in the queue right now.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 3 is closed.
0: Thank you. Uh, any discussion by the commission? Seeing none, uh, could I have a motion or a second? No. Moved and seconded. Uh, roll call, please. President Wren. Aye.
1: Vice President Ajami? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have four ayes. Uh,
0: thank you. Uh, next item, please.
1: The next item is item number four, approval of the minutes of May 24, 2022. Uh,
0: any additions or corrections to the minutes as distributed? Uh, seeing none, open for public comments, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of public of remote public comment on item number four, approval of the minutes. Please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on the minutes? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have anybody with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue at this time.
1: Thank you, public comment on item four is closed.
0: Uh, Any further discussion? Seeing none, may I have a motion and a second? Move. Second. Moved and seconded to approve the minutes. Uh, Roll call, please. President Moran? Aye.
1: Vice President Ajami? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have four ayes.
0: Thank you. Uh, Next item please.
1: Next item is item five, general public comment. Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of general public comment on matters that are within the commission's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide general public comment? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are seven callers in the queue. Thank you. First caller, I've opened your line. You have two minutes. So,
3: commissioners, my name is Francisco Acosta, and I would like from time to time that we give uh, some sort of a report on our two treatment plans, the notice of violation. And also, um, if you are really following the rules and uh, mandates of the Environmental Protection Agency, we, the people, need to know this. Secondly, uh, we see that many of the vacancies linked to the management are filled by whites. I don't discriminate against whites, but if all the positions are filled by whites, I have something to say. So I don't want you to ask through the Freedom of Information Act and get all the information. But that does not talk about racial equity and do just the opposite. So I also have a deep concern about the community benefits, millions of dollars are wasted. And we now want to know, because we fought for it, what is being done, what is being done at the present. I see that uh, there's about $250 set aside for the 1550 Evans project. But we.
2: Thank you for your comments. I'm sorry, but your time has expired. Next caller, your line is open. You have two minutes. I
4: Eileen mean, Boken, CSFN, speaking on my own behalf. In a June 12th article in the Sacramento uh, Modesto B, titled, One Way to Help Heal Central Valley While Correcting Political Favoritism, the paper's editorial board stated that, in the past, $10 has been spent on Sacramento River floodplain planning for every $1 spent on the San Joaquin River. Governor Newsom had requested $132 million for unidentified flood management in his budget request. Based on research, it appears that there is now a budgeted amount of $110 million for flood management in the uh, budget for the Department of Water Resources, DWR. I would urge the PC to contact the city's Sacramento lobbyists to confirm the $110 million amount for 2022-2023. And if it's not in the budget line item, then advocate that the $110 million be included in a budget trailer bill with designation for the San Joaquin River and its tributaries, including the Tuolumne, for floodplain planning and restoration. New subject. The water coming from Harry Tracy is metered at the county line. Is the groundwater it's blended with also being metered to establish a baseline for potentially billable drinking water? Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. Next caller, I've opened your line. You have two minutes.
5: Yeah, hi, my name is Alex Herr, and I am a recreational paddler and rafter on the Tuolumne River, and I'm saying, voice my support for recreational releases throughout the summer season on the Tuolumne. Um, Tuolumne has a long and very storied history of being one of the more prominent recreational rivers in California, dating back over at least 50 years to my knowledge, and it is a fantastic opportunity for people to be able to raft and kayak at a variety of difficulty levels and adventure levels. And appreciate moving forward that the Tuolumne may continue to be an option for everyone to enjoy um, as a free and uh, incredible recreational opportunity experience in the Yosemite area. Um, And I will yield the rest of my time. Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. Next caller, your line is open. You have two minutes.
5: Mr. Chairman, members of the commission, my name is Nathan Rangel. I'm a president and executive director of California Outdoors. We're an outsider trade association for California. I wanted to uh, actually uh, uh, say hey diddle to what Mr. Hurd just uh, shared with you. Um, uh, We are appreciative of your staff and your organizations continuing to work with uh, the stakeholders who utilize that resource. It's incredibly important, not just for recreation, but also for the, you know, the economy of the local area up there. And so um, uh, I just wanted to voice our continued support uh, for the work that you folks do. And with that, I will thank you for your time and for your
6: service. Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. Next caller, your line is open. You have two minutes.
5: Uh, I'm Gabe Warner from Palo Alto. I'm going to speak about governance. Uh, I was shaken from the results of Mr. Dreckmeyer's last Public Records Act PRA request. The PRA provided a detailed analysis on the frequency of the design draw, something that's been requested many times going back at least two years. To my understanding, not even Commission President Moran had seen this analysis. Supposedly, Seth, Staff hadn't shared the analysis because of data quality issues as described in an undated memo to the file. But even the memo to file had a wealth of information. It's bad news when a PRA provides significant information that previously hadn't been disclosed. This brings me to governance. We have an outstanding set of commissioners. You each are highly talented and bring valuable expertise and views to the commission. You also work remarkably well together. Not to put words in your mouth, but I think you'd say that a public agency such as the SFPUC should be transparent, unbiased, and responsive. This is where the problem is. As hard as it is for me to say this because of my admiration for you, you have little ability to oversee and influence staff. The PRA is a glaring example of a transparency problem. You as commissioners should have had prior knowledge of what was provided, and it shouldn't have been a surprise to either you or the public. The list and age of open items you have with staff reflects the responsiveness problem. When I serve boards of directors, the expectation is that board requests are resolved quickly, not measured in months or quarters. My request of you is problem recognition. Is staff's level of transparency a concern? Is bias a concern? Is responsiveness a concern? Most importantly, does staff reflect the values you think are important for a public institution and in have you been able to influence the SFPUC's behavior? I have high hopes for the new sheriff in town, GM Herrera, but even so, if you agree with the problem, direct, frank discussion needs to be had with expectations understood. Uh, Thank you. I'll provide a copy of my comments for the record.
2: Thank you for your comments. Next caller, your line is open. You have two minutes.
6: Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Great, Uh, David Pilpel, and if I could get a 30-second warning, that would be very helpful. Um, So I appreciate uh, Michael Carlin and Alan uh, Johansson for their work and upcoming uh, well-deserved retirements and belated uh, regards and best wishes to Marge Viscara. I'm sorry I missed uh, that. I missed a few meetings, and I apologize. Uh, Also wanted to um, share condolences about Ken Kramars. you might have read about him in the uh, Chronicle over the weekend. He's the uh, former executive director of Camp Toonga, a Jewish summer camp uh, up in the uh, Tuolumne that shares some uh, resources with the uh, PUC. And he was very active, uh, as is the camp in the Route 120 Association, and concerned about our water resources up country. I ALREADY SPOKE AT THE um, REVENUE BOND OVERSIGHT COMMITTEE uh, MEETING uh, THIS MORNING ON WESIP, um and, AND SPOKE TO KATIE MILLER SINCE. Uh, JUST WANTED TO BALANCE THAT OUT BY SAYING KEEP IT UP IN uh, WASTEWATER AND POWER ON uh, IMPROVEMENT PROGRAMS. TO THE SFGOV TV STAFF WHO I HOPE ARE LISTENING, PLEASE uh, REVIEW AND UPDATE THE SCREEN GRAPHICS WHICH STILL uh, REFER TO AGENDA INFORMATION AT SF water.org that should now read sfpuc.org um, i also still back to pc i also still see a few references to sfwater.org on printed uh, bills and bill envelopes if staff can check those um uh, that would be great and finally i hope you all had a good weekend wherever you were this past weekend and that's all for me today i'm sorry i'm not joining you for the rest of the meeting but nice to be back visiting thanks
2: Thank you for your comments. Madam Secretary, there
0: are no more callers in the queue.
1: Thank you. General public comment. Item 5 is closed.
0: Okay, thank you. Commissioners, uh, any uh, questions or comments on uh, the communications that were provided to us?
1: For for SFGTV, that is for item number 6.
0: Yeah, this is number 6, and I, I do have one question. Item six C is the I think it's quarterly report on the alternative water supply program. And uh uh, for the past couple commission meetings, uh Ms. Sanculo from Bosca has requested information that sounds awfully similar to this. And Mr. General Manager, do you can you help us put this report in context with what that outstanding request is?
7: I, I think that uh Mr. President, um, uh, as you're aware, um, Bosca represents our our biggest set of customers and I know that they have an intense interest in not just um, uh, understanding where we are at vis-a-vis our conversations with the state on Hetch Hetchy Water, but also they take an interest in just ensuring the long-term security and viability of the water supply uh, for the Bay Area. So, um, uh, we are in active and constant communications, um, with, uh, Bosca and Ms. Sankula. And, um, uh, I think that uh, you, what you see here in terms of the quarterly report, uh, provides at least should provide at least, uh, some comfort on one aspect of uh, our work ensuring a long-term uh, security for our water supply in terms of looking for alternative water su- uh, supply sources. And this is something that we're actively sharing with Bosca and Ms. Sankula about what our efforts are um, and something that we are absolutely committed to, but it is by no means um, the only, um, the only avenue that we're communicating with uh, Ms. Sankula on. Um, obviously there have been ongoing and i think increasingly intense discussions going on around issues regarding the bay delta plan and others and we are actively um engaged and um, trying to provide um level of uh, of detail uh with uh, the efforts that we're undertaking uh which i know that this commission has an intense interest in as well so we're probably i think intensifying our discussions and um, our advisements to Bosca and Ms. Senkula, and this is just one piece of it.
0: Okay, Thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner Maxwell.
8: You know, I realized it's it's E that I wanted to. You were talking about alternative water. Sorry, right. Commissioner Maxwell, can you speak in? Yeah, D.
0: OK, um, I don't have any further questions on C, and if you'd like to.
7: Yeah, I think um, um it, was D. it was
0: D. Yeah, we have, I, this
7: is, so I okay. think that we're, we're I think right. that the I, information, I have it, in one it says two. E, and some others it says C. But I, I got the gist of what you're asking about, and I answered that regardless of whether Right,
0: and, and thank you, and I'm done with that item, so if you'd like to move me? on to the next one, whatever it's labeled. Okay, <laughs> um, filtered.
8: it's recycled water and purified water opportunities in San Francisco, and I just found the report um, to be very helpful, and I also appreciated the fact that you know, we're looking, um, that we looked outside to see where we could put a purified water um, and came to the conclusion that it would be better maybe using our plant, the southeast, uh, and looking at other places near that. So I really appreciated that. And, um, you know, I mean, because the real estate, 35 to $65 million. So I, I thank you. <laughs>
9: I would make the comment that real estate was probably the single biggest issue in trying to locate a plant site in San Francisco where real estate is so valuable and hard to come by. So, But uh, I still
8: think it, it's probably, do you think that even if if the real estate were the same, that it, it was better where it is? I mean, yes. using the southeast plant and using and going on... Um, uh, what, what street was it um, near, near near the plant?
9: Yeah. Newcomb. Yes. Newcomb. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the plant would be would be better if we could fit it in there. But we can't. But if we move assuming we're moving to 2000 Marin with uh, the CDD yard that opens up seven acres of property. That's that's a lot of land. And yeah. it's in a good place.
8: Mm-hmm. Well, I meant on Newcomb. Do you think that? Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, thank
9: you. So thank you for the compliment on the report. Staff did great work on that. Yeah,
8: they did. Thank you all.
0: Thank you. And I understand that Commissioner Jami has a question.
8: Correct.
10: Yeah, uh, not much of a question. I just wanted to actually also appreciate uh, share my appreciation for both reports, one on alternative water supplies and one for the recycling project. I really appreciated the alternative water supply. report and the fact that they had highlighted which parts have been updated. That was quite useful and um, I think both reports were quite high quality and very informative. So I appreciate the work staff did to put that together.
0: Thank you. Any other comments or questions on communication. Seeing none. uh, Can we open this to public comment please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item six communications. Please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide public comment on item six? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are two callers in the queue. Thank you. Hello, caller, I've opened your line. You have two minutes. Caller, are you there? I'll try the next caller. Next caller, your line is open. You have two minutes. Hello, caller, are you there? Madam Secretary, I think those were erroneously in the queue. There are no callers in the queue.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 6 is closed.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, next item please.
1: Item 7 is report of the general manager.
0: Thank you, Madam Secretary.
7: Uh, item 7A is a drought condition update from Steve Ritchie.
9: <clears throat> Good afternoon again, Commissioner. Steve Ritchie, assistant general manager for water. Uh, I. I I should have mentioned when I was up here last time, uh, one other comment on the uh, communication with Bosca. In addition to the quarterly report, there's also a monthly detailed email that we send to them as well. So I just wanted to throw that one more piece in there. But now we're talking about the drought update. If we can have the slides, please. There we go um as you can see from the reservoir uh, report uh that uh, again Hetch Hetchy is full Cherry is full uh Eleanor is basically full uh Waterbank uh is down about 240,000 acre feet uh so it has been uh, exercised and been useful in making sure we fill our reservoirs uh, up country uh and then the uh reservoirs in the bay area uh, have been topped off with uh excess water because it has been a Uh, a decent runoff year not a great water year but a decent runoff year for us next slide again uh, the statewide picture on reservoirs uh, as I've pointed out numerous times Shasta and Oroville continue to be low uh, which is of great concern to the state Uh, for us Don Pedro is doing uh, uh, much better than both of those Uh, so again the Tuolumne River system uh, is faring you know again relatively well uh, during this drought period uh, the statewide uh, drought picture from the California Drought Monitor uh, shows uh, large areas of exceptional drought, extreme drought, and severe drought. Uh, our reservoirs tend to be in the area that's called severe drought, which is you know cold comfort because that's still uh, not really a great condition to be in. Uh, we're basically getting, uh, we've gotten to the end pretty much of the precipitation season. We do expect to see a little more here and there. Uh, Hetch Hetchy is pretty much flattened out. Uh, we did have, uh, about a 10th, I believe an inch uh, of precipitation, uh, from this last storm up there, uh, snowpack, uh, is again, pretty much gone runoff is, is pretty much ended in terms of, uh, high volumes. <clears throat> um, and water available to the city has pretty much, uh, topped out at about 200,000 acre feet. Uh, which does not mean that we can fill all of our reservoirs, uh, but what it does mean is as compared to the 1415 drought uh, We had in that drought three years of water bank drawing down Dramatically this year. We're getting a little bit of a reprieve there. There's enough water uh, I think even as Peter Dreckmeyer has pointed out that's about the same amount of water as we're delivering to people so water bank uh, has not been drawn down as much so uh, it's been good for our long-term storage situation uh, this year. Uh, as you can see, again, 200,000 acre-feet as opposed to the 600,000, that would have uh, filled uh, uh, full storage for us. And just to be clear, full storage means s- full storage in all of the reservoirs that can receive Hetch water, which are the upcountry reservoirs plus crystal springs, plus, uh, San Antonio, which also get topped off with Hetch Hetchy water, bringing it down to the Bay area, uh, for the upcountry precipitation, uh, again, uh, three really wet months, uh, and, uh, other months that weren't so wet, uh, has resulted in us, uh, getting to about 24 inches, uh, for the year, uh, up, up, up country. Uh, And in the Bay Area, we actually, again, are above average for the entire year uh, because there has been a fair amount of precipitation here in the Bay Area. So even in times of drought overall, uh, if uh, the precipitation plays out in a proper timing fashion, uh, it can actually be good for us um, to get through. Uh, But the picture looking forward. There are no storms on the horizon. Uh, we don't see anything coming, so I don't uh, think we're gonna see much before the, before the new water year in October. Uh, and again, something we're paying close attention to, total deliveries. Uh, you can see here that uh, deliveries this last week were at 207 million gallons per day. That's getting us back down closer to the 200 million gallon per day mark that that I'm looking forward to. Uh, And we're really hopeful that people can uh, rein in any outdoor irrigation this summer uh, to make sure that we can meet our 11% reduction that we're looking for uh, and have that much more water in storage. Um, I would make one last set of comments uh, that uh, we were in the news this last week uh, because the state reinstituted a number of the curtailments in the system. The only large urban agency that was affected was the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, so we were part of the headline in all those cases, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, But they had been suspended since last October, as you recall. They suspended them when we started to get real runoff, uh, and that extended until last Wednesday. Uh, People have asked, what are we doing? Uh, Well, we are currently making no changes in our operation, while the irrigation districts are actually diverting through diversion rights, of theirs that are not curtailed uh, so basically water that we're putting down the system in water from water bank uh, actually they are able to divert into their irrigation canals uh, and their debiting water bank as part of that process so this is all part of our physical solution on the 12 New river as envisioned in the fourth agreement so we're operating under that to take care of the 12 New river Uh, And just a final note the districts are continuing to make releases below Don Pedro in compliance with the FERC license Which is about 50 50 cubic feet per second Plus an additional 50 cubic feet per second that we in the districts are voluntarily releasing as summer flow, which we've been doing uh, Basically for most of the 2000s and I'd be happy to answer any questions
0: Uh, Thank you Commissioner Maxwell
8: Yes, thank you for that are the districts making any changes in the way they do business in their water, um, usage. Are they making any, uh, I guess system changes?
9: Um, well, what, what the districts generally do, uh, in times of drought, and I don't know exactly. So I'm just, this is a more generic answer than specific. Uh, they usually, they each part of the year progresses, they talk about how much water they're going to deliver to their farmers. Uh, and they're generally aiming for about 48 inches of uh, irrigation water over the year. Uh, I don't know what they're doing now, but in times of drought, they generally cut that back uh, depending on water conditions so that then their farmers either fallow crops or shift to groundwater uh, in response to that.
8: I, I guess my, my question is, um, I mean, we're seeing, I think there was an article maybe last year that, The growers, grape growers, said, Look, you know, we were overwatering a long time, and uh, our grapes actually are doing better now. Is anybody looking at how they do, how they grow, and what they're growing? Is there an ongoing, um, I mean, we have all these institutions of higher learning that certainly could be helpful. Is anybody looking into that,
9: how Um, they are growing? I, I can't speak for the industries overall, but I do know that. THERE ARE VERY ACTIVE PROGRAMS LOOKING AT DIFFERENT TYPES OF uh, RESEARCH THERE AND THERE ARE PEOPLE DOING CREATIVE THINGS ON THEIR OWN HERE AND THERE. Uh, THE DISTRICTS uh, ARE COOPERATING THERE. THEY'RE WORKING on the, ON THE MACRO SCALE IN TERMS OF WATER SUPPLY, FOR EXAMPLE FORECAST informed RESERVOIR OPERATIONS AND uh, AERIAL SNOW SURVEY, BUT IN TERMS OF ACTUAL ON THE GROUND RELATIVE TO THEIR CROPS. Uh, I don't know if they actively do that or if they leave that to their individual farmers, but I know that the, uh, uh, the ag extension is very active throughout the San Joaquin Valley there.
8: Okay. I, I guess I'm looking at programs. You know, we're wholesalers, but we have programs for individuals. We have um, things that we're doing, changing toilets and faucets. I guess I'm thinking, yeah. wondering if, if that kind of um, work is being done and you're telling me you don't know
9: yeah I I, I don't know specifically I know that various irrigation districts do different things uh, in different ways Uh, they invest in their systems a very uh, very uh, interesting one is Oakdale irrigation district which has uh, transferred a lot of water over time where they're paid for their water and that money does get plowed back into efficiencies in their system that's one of the things that we have talked with the irrigation districts about over time although we've never been able to effectuate a water transfer, but that would certainly be one of the things that we think should be very much of interest to them.
8: Thank you.
0: Uh, and Commissioner, I know <clears throat> what I do know about uh, irrigation practices there is it's all anecdotal and wouldn't really give you a, a, a correct overall picture, but I'm sure that the irrigation districts have that information uh, in a public forum Uh, Yes, that would be uh, good to distribute to this commission as well.
9: Yeah, we could explore and do that because well, uh, a good example is there's lots of drip irrigation going in, but on the other hand, the flood irrigation that they do, actually anything that isn't used by the plants generally is recharging the groundwater basin. So uh, they are active water managers, but we can we can generally uh, get that information and provide it to the commission.
8: Yeah, I would appreciate that. Thank Mm -hmm. you, thank you, commissioner.
9: Thank
0: you. Uh, any other uh, questions for Mr. Ritchie? Seeing none. Uh, Mr. General Manager. Public comment. Public comment. Oh, Thank you. Public comment, please.
1: Public comment on item 7A, the drought conditions update. Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment, specifically on item 7A, the drought condition update, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Are there any members of the public present? in the room who wish to make comment on this item. Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there is one caller in the queue. Thank you. Hello, caller, I've opened your line. You have two minutes.
11: Thank you, this is Peter Dreckmeyer, Policy Director for the Tuolumne River Trust. I appreciated Mr. Ritchie's presentation. Uh, a lot of good news in here, and I heard some of that come out in the presentation. Uh, the, I'm looking at a slide on my screen right now, it's the Tuolumne River water available to the city. And as, I, as I've mentioned before, um, I think that you know looking at the deficit to reaching full storage makes people more nervous than they should be because the FFUC has a lot of storage. The system was actually built at a time when demand was projected to be twice what it is today. So we've got a lot of wiggle room there. Um, In this slide, it also shows that uh, water available to the city this year is 201,000 acre feet. Um, That's just water from the Tuolumne. I understand that we've got about 44,000 acre feet from the Bay Area watersheds, so bringing the total to 245. And current demand is about 220. So this year, even though it's been dry and, everyone's concerned about this three year drought. Uh, San Francisco picked up more water than it needs. Uh, That's very positive. There's concern about the Bay Delta plan, but um, it's really not that onerous. It's it's 20% of unimpaired flow from February to June. And if you look at that annually, it's 14% of annual unimpaired flow. And San Francisco might be responsible for half of that, about 7% of unimpaired flow. It's really not very much. And if you ask staff to model uh, what would the situation look like had the Bay-Delta Plan flows gone into effect 20 years ago, um, you'd see that there was never a time that we really got that low on water. So I'm hoping we can work together to you know, understand just how good the SFPUC system is. The, um, they came up partnering with the Irrigation districts, as you know, I think that's a great idea. We talked it up a lot during the groundwater sustainability.
2: Thank you for your comments. I'm sorry, but your time has we expired. Madam Secretary, there are no more callers in the queue.
1: Thank you. Public comment, item 7A is closed.
2: Item
7: 7B is Hetch Capital Improvement Program Quarterly Report by Katie Miller.
12: Good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm Katie Miller, Director of Water Capital Programs. The Hetchy Capital Improvement Program projects make great progress in the third quarter, and we successfully completed the first of five annual two-month-long shutdowns of the Hetch Hetchy Water System for the Mountain Tunnel Improvement Project. During the shutdown, a new generator step-up transformer was installed at the Moccasin Powerhouse. This transformer is now in successful operation. Also during the quarter, the first of many future new valves was installed along the San Joaquin pipeline as part of the San Joaquin Pipeline Valve and Safe Entry Project. Also, significant maintenance and R&R work were performed on the system by Hetch Hetchy and Water and Power crews. I hope you will join me in extending congratulations to the operations staff from Water Enterprise who sustainably operated the Bay Area Water Treatment Plants. To supply water to the entire regional system during this time and for the very effective shutdown planning, coordination, and communications that went into sustaining the shutdown for over two months. This was a critical test that will allow subsequent shutdowns of the system over the next five years to complete construction of these Hetch Hetchy projects. Today I have a treat for you. Instead of my usual summary of the quarterly report, I will share a video that was made by the Mountain Tunnel Improvements Project team, together with our communications staff and the TV production crews. This film was made to share highlights of the recent Mountain Tunnel construction shutdown, especially since we were not able to offer tours this year. This video is about four minutes long and prevents an overview of the project. We hope you will enjoy it.
13: city and county of San Francisco that owns and operates the Hetch Hetchy Regional Water System. This system delivers drinking water to 2.7 million people in four Bay Area counties. The majority of the water provided to customers comes from snowmelt collected in Hetch Hetchy Reservoir in Yosemite National Park. This water passes through a complex system of pipelines, tunnels, and hydropower plants before it leaves the Sierra Nevada Mountains, on its way across the Central Valley, and onto the Bay Area. Mountain Tunnel transmits drinking water from Hetch Hetchy Reservoir, and then Kirkwood Powerhouse, where it generates hydropower before the tunnel ends at Priest Reservoir near Moccasin. The 19 mile long tunnel was constructed between 1917 and 1925.
14: Mountain Tunnel brings uh, the SFPUC water system from the main fork of the Tuolumne River to our facilities over at Priest Reservoir. The Hetch Hetchy supply is the, the largest water supply for San Francisco
12: and our regional customers. It consists of 85% of our water supply.
14: All of that water flows through one conduit and that's the mountain tunnel. The tunnel is almost 100 years old and the lining of the tunnel has deteriorated over of our time. What they're currently go- going in and doing is actually replacing that deteriorated lining.
13: Although it continues to serve our 2.7 million Bay Area customers well for more than 90 years, it is in need of rehabilitation. Inspections showed that years of continuous service have resulted in the deterioration of the mountain tunnel lining, among other problems. These deficiencies diminish the tunnel's ability to reliably provide drinking water to our customers and make it difficult to perform maintenance in the tunnel. The SFPUC and our regional partners launched the Mountain Tunnel Improvements Project to repair deterioration inside the tunnel. Crews will construct a new shaft to facilitate extending the existing siphon to improve water quality and hydraulic flow at South Fork and construct an entirely new entry point at Priest Reservoir. The project will also widen and improve access roads and construct a large flow control facility, including large valves to manage the speed of water flow in the tunnel.
15: I call it putting a heartbeat into the system.
5: Where we're going to be putting in a flow control facility shaft and with uh, control, uh, gate control valves where we can control the flow and the pressure
15: inside the tunnel and give operational flexibility to Hetch Hetchy Water and Power uh, for, for long term use.
13: Construction on the seven year project began in 2021. Construction inside the tunnel can only occur when the entire upcountry system is shut down and the tunnel emptied of water. These will occur for a few months every winter when SFPUC customer demand is low and can be supported by Bay Area (laughs) Reservoirs. Crews must work quickly and safely in wet, dark conditions inside the tunnel during these shutdowns. Time is of the essence. The tunnel must be brought back into service in a matter of months to replenish Bay Area water supplies with flow from Hetch Hetchy Reservoir once more. The project is part of a larger Hetchy Capital Improvement Program, HCIP, a multi year capital program to upgrade or improve water conveyance, water storage, and power generation facilities in the Sierra Nevada portion of the Hetch Hetchy Regional Water System.
16: To be able to work on a project of this magnitude for the City and County of San Francisco, the Mountain Tunnel Project for Hetch Hetchy
17: Water and Power. Uh, it's a it's really a legacy project for myself also and uh, I'm I'm happy to be on it
16: uh, it's been very exciting and it's really fun work if you like civil construction this is doesn't get any better than this
12: thank you very much for your attention
0: Thank you Katie any question any questions for Ms Miller Okay, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of public comment specifically on item 7B, the Hetch Hetchy Capital Improvement Program Quarterly Report, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue at this time.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 7B is closed.
7: Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. General Manager. Item 7C is the Wastewater Enterprise Quarterly Report, including Southeast Area Major Projects Update. Uh, Steve Robinson will be presenting.
15: Afternoon, President Moran, Commissioners. Uh, Stephen Robinson, Director of Wastewater Capital Programs. Um, this is the quarterly report for wastewater Capital programs from January through March of this year. Uh, and as usual, we'll always include some additional more current updates for those three southeast area major projects. If we have the slides, please. So starting as usual with a few construction updates around the city. Um, the first project is one of our large diameter sewer projects around the new Montgomery Mission. Uh, neighborhood. Um, we had notice to proceed for this project back in August of last year and are striving towards construction completion in September of this year. And We did, approve, we did seek um, and obtain approval from the commission back in February of this year to add four more blocks to this project. Um, that's to rehabilitate existing at-risk sewers that were located around the Market Street area. And construction has commenced and is progressing ahead of schedule. And the project uses a trenchless method called cured in place pipe, or CIPP, which you can see in the photo here and we've talked about before in other projects. The second project here in the middle is the Westside Pump Station Reliability Improvement Project. Uh, Construction started April of last year. Completion striving towards February of 2024. Um, During this period, the contractors placed new cast-in-place concrete floor slabs for the new electrical building. And and as you can see in this photo, initiating rebar and formwork installation for the new building walls for that electrical building, as you can see in this image. The third image then on the complete right is the Wawona Area Stormwater Improvement Project. Um, I had the pleasure of touring the construction site last week um have the opportunity to see the tunneling operation in action it's very impressive what you can see here in this um, photo is the micro jacking pit it's approximately 1400 feet of 1800 feet already drilled uh, micro tunneling along from a pit at the 20th and vicente street progressing towards the receiving pit at 14th and vicente there's also an open cut sewer element to this project um rehabilitating and putting a new sewer in um heading um, east up uphill at a rate of about five to eight sticks. Uh, that's about segments of pipe. And um, five or eight of those per day, and they're about eight feet each, that's about forty or sixty four feet per day. It's a good progression rate. So these are usual pie charts that show the program status for the seventy projects in phase one of the program, representing the usual three point six five five billion dollars last quarter, closing at forty eight. Now just nudging forward at forty nine percent complete. Uh, The blue area at the top remains unchanged, seven projects in pre-construction. In green, you see 17 projects now in construction, um, with 46 uh, in grey to the left, and close out or complete. This table shows our financial budget kind of update. Um, It's table three from the quarterly report. shows a summary of costs for SSIP, rolling up both phase one that we just talked about and the other projects that have been added since then. These columns summarize the expenditures the approved budget the forecast and then of course the variance and the variance here shown in red totaling 925 million dollars is effectively the same as last quarter with the only exception of that 7.1 million dollars you see here which is actually a decrease and that's good news however um three projects were initiated this quarter and this decrease of 7.1 will actually correct an over-forecast from the previous quarter because those projects were being initiated. So now the numbers that you see here are aligned with what's been approved in our capital budget. Just like the previous slide, this table shows the facilities and infrastructure section and the program itself, representing the current approved and forecasted cost and the variance. This variance shows $13.2 million over the current approved budget. with a decrease again good news of two million from the last quarter this was a a true up or an adjustment that's been captured from one of the projects that's now in closeout so a few highlights from uh, some other projects around the program Um, this quarter we initiated nine other ssip projects that's nine new projects that we're starting up Uh, they represent a variety of work all across the city from all three treatment plants and within the collection system The second bullet here draws attention to completing conceptual engineering work for um, two projects, um, Baker Baffle Improvements and a large sewer condition assessment improvement project around the East Soma neighborhood. That represents getting towards the end of our planning phase of projects for conceptual engineering. The third project um, notes one project getting all the way through to 95% design. That's also a large sewer condition assessment and improvement project in the Chinatown and North Beach neighborhoods. The image here is of the Southeast Wastewater Treatment Plant. It's the power feed and primary switchgear upgrade project. Really critical asset providing power to the plant. And you can just see the two tower cranes for the headworks project in the background. You're used to seeing me showing those photos. So you can see just how congested and tight that particular project is. So with that, we'll segue into the update for the three major Southeast projects. We start with biosolids as usual. Uh, We reported this significant cost increase back in January of this year and captured it in the capital planning and budget process at that time, so there's no change. Um, We are coming to the Commission with amendments for both the construction and the design contracts in the near future. Uh, The progress and status report, soil excavation, dewatering, shoring, and installation of piles are all complete. This is really significant because we're now effectively out of the dirt. The heavy construction civil earthwork is now done. Um, and construction of those digester vessels themselves are underway. And we began with the placement of the MAT foundation, and now we're uh, intending to complete that this month of June. And there's been four of the five pours completed so far. And these are massive concrete pours of around 2,000 cubic yards each time, typically starting at 2 a.m. over the weekends um, to minimize disruption to traffic in the community. And those pours have about 20 to 30 concrete trucks per hour really, really significant, and so far, they've all gone really smoothly. The last bullet is just to acknowledge that bid procurement is continuing, of course, for the rest of the project. For the Headworks facility project, uh, again, the same forecasted project budget and schedule that we showed last quarter, um, also captured in the budget process and the 10-year capital plan, no change. We continued bid an award of the remaining 24 of 75 bid packages. Began electrical, fire protection, HVAC, mechanicals. You can see now we're moving from concrete into more of the mechanical and electrical equipment. Uh, Meanwhile, there's some ongoing rehabilitation of the existing pump station at that facility, and began installation of ductwork and drill piers associated with the new order control facility. You might remember those adjustments we made in design and as a value engineering exercise for both the existing lift station and the order control facility. And our last slide is for the Southeast Community Center 1550 Evans. Um, at the last commission meeting on May 24th was approval to increase the contract. And so we're now forecasting an increase from $114 million to 115 million. Um, I was able to visit site a few weeks ago and it's looking really well. And um, construction is 98% complete, we're very close. And we have been reporting some potential delay with PG&E and energizing the permanent power to the building. But the connection did go live in April so, we're now able to plan ahead with a lot more confidence. So, we're, our bullets here show substantial completion anticipated for August 1st and a grand opening expected on August 20th. And with that, happy to take any questions if there are any. No, thank you. Commissioner Maxwell.
8: Yeah, are we building the digesters or, or are they coming in and already built?
15: They're, they're being um, constructed from concrete, um, cast in place. So what I described was the mat foundation yes. going down first, um, effectively the floor. And now we're sealing that as a, a bathtub, something that's secure and can keep the groundwater out. And now that that's a nice, safe, clean site, we start to build those digesters upwards as, as reinforced concrete.
8: Okay, so these are the egg-shaped digesters?
15: They're not egg-shaped um, at Southeast. The the digesters we have at the Oceanside Treatment Facility are egg-shaped, um, but these ones are traditional cylinders, so they're effectively um, a straight cylinder.
8: So where did we go? I mean, I thought we were getting some new kind of des- design, but we're not.
15: We, we, we are. We, we like to think of this as a state of the art project, and um, there's a lot of time and money and energy being spent into trying to make this as efficient, sustainable and good modern equipment as we can. So the digestion element of this project itself um, is the traditional cylinder type digesters. You could think of those as your stomach actually digesting it. Right. But the system that feeds the material into that digester is the modern technology we're intending to use The can um, yes. Thermal hydrolysis. It's a special type of system that effectively explodes the cells in the wastewater um, itself, really at high pressure and high temperature, getting extra release of all the um, biological material inside. I think I that's see. the best technological answer I can give for now. But yes, we're using modern technology.
8: Oh, okay. So the digesters are the same, but it's the insides, the guts of it that yes. are different. Yes,
15: getting the material to that digestion process is where the extra new technology comes in.
8: Okay, thank you.
15: Thank you, Commissioner Paulson.
16: So, going back to the headworks, I know that we did a pause sometimes back in terms of costs and and what have you, and I know we've approved some moving forward. And I probably should know all this, but just since I'm here, um, are we on uh, going to be in a position to make some more um, cost approvals that are needed as this rolls out? You know, after the original pause, I don't remember if we've uh, approved everything moving forward or or if we have a couple more pieces that we have to um, approve.
15: And you mentioned HeadWorks, Commissioner Paulson, referring to. In the southeast. Yeah. yeah. So two main projects, HeadWorks and Biosolids. Um, HeadWorks has been both uh, CMGC moving ahead fairly well and and definitely on schedule. Um, the Biosolids project is the one we had to take a pause at the the beginning of of this year. And we looked at the contract mechanism and how we were rolling that, and we committed to sticking with the CMGC, the the, um, Construction Management General Contractor Procurement Model. Um, so the, uh, a team is in place now working through its bid package process as we go out to look for those package um, contractors to come forward and work with the CMGC team. Um, but yes, we're coming back to the commission with amendments to that contract now to capture that higher cost and some changes that we've made to the contract to improve it. So we're intending to do that in the very near future.
16: Okay, those are the amendments you referred yes. to. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Any other
0: questions or comments? Uh, Commissioner Jami?
10: Um, thank you so much, Mr. President. Uh, thanks for your presentation, Mr. Johnson. I have a question, uh, not exactly related to your presentation, but relevant enough. I, I know uh, a few months ago we talked about um, an effort to accumulate some data on how we have been contracting and working with various. Um, construction groups and how our contracts have been on time delayed like just just creating a data center that would have all this information and i was just wondering where we are with that effort
15: thank you commissioner Jami. um you may recall we made some changes to our quarterly report format um a few cycles ago a few quarters ago and part of that process was to put a new format structure in place so that we could head down the path you're describing so between then and now we are setting up a database and we're trying to tag all of those projects any that have delays or overruns from a budget perspective really asking deep questions. What are the primary reasons, singular reason, primary or perhaps mm-hmm. secondary reasons why there are adjustments or variances being made? And so as we gather confidence and more data, we'll be able to report back um, with what those findings might be.
10: Thank you. I'm, I mean, I guess you want to look at all of them, not just the ones that had problems, but also the ones that have been successful, because um, we all focus on the problem, problematic ones, but every day um, there are also a lot of projects that goes through um, our um, utility that are quite successful and easily, uh, you know, make it through the process um, smoothly. So um, don't want to like say that it's always a problem. But you know, it's always useful to look at every every single one of them and create uh, uh, some information using that data. Thank you.
15: Yep. Thank you. Agreed. Thank
10: you.
0: Any other questions or comments? And public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 7C, seven, seven the Wastewater Enterprise Quarterly Report. Please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to make, make comment on item 7C? See none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers wishing to be recognized at this time.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 7C is closed.
7: Item 7D is Clean Power SF Integrated Resource Plan, and Cheryl Taylor will be presenting.
18: Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Cheryl Taylor, Clean Power SF Operations Manager for the SFPUC's Power Enterprise. I'm here today to present an overview of Clean Power SF's 2022 Integrated Resource Plan. May I have the slides? Oh, thank you. Okay, state law requires that we submit an integrated resource plan to the California Public Utilities Commission every two years. An integrated resource plan is an energy planning tool or process used by utilities and energy service providers, like Clean Power SF, to support achieving policy goals and meeting regulatory requirements. Essentially the plan is a long-term projection of our energy supply and demand. In it, we identify energy resource options that can meet plan objectives in a reliable and cost-effective way and in conformance with state and local climate goals. This plan is due November 1st. Um, So before we get started, I'd like to define a few key terms that'll shape our plan. Um, The first is portfolio. A portfolio is a collection of the electric generation resources to meet customers' demand. Uh, The second term is a new one that I added since you received the packet, and it's conforming portfolio. It's a specific mix of electric generation resources that also meets the CPUC's IRP requirements. Scenarios examine variations of a future state or objective that may influence the resources included in a portfolio. For example, a new regulation or a change to a code that may impact electricity demand. Scenarios can include multiple policy objectives. And finally, sensitivity analysis on these these scenarios in which we change an assumption to understand its influence on the portfolio. So I'd like to recap um, our 2020 plan. In our last plan filing, we presented aggressive goals to achieve 100% renewable energy by 2025, which was in line with the goals in the city's climate action plan. This bar chart identifies our progress and the annual planning targets we used in the 2020 plan. And the light and, green, um, the light and dark green bars reflect renewable energy under contract or for which we planned to contract to meet the demand in each year. And as you see, that yellow dotted line shows California's renewable portfolio standard requirement. So diving into the um, objectives of the IRP, um, we set five primary goals for achieving and maintaining 100% renewable energy in our 2022 plan. One, we want this plan to identify a realistic path for getting to 100% renewable energy. And so, you know, we are planning in the context of higher demand and worldwide supply dis- chain disruptions. And in California, project interconnections are backed up due to an unprecedented number of applications. Two, this plan will update information about our local power supply, s- supply side investment opportunities. So, in our 2020 plan, we identified 81 megawatts of local solar and 27 megawatts of local storage. In 2022, the 2022 plan will account for current market conditions and additional information available about project sites. Three, the plan will reflect our city's commitment to electrification. Our city's electrification targets affecting Clean Power SF's total demand include electric vehicle adoption goals, building electrification targets, and new construction policies. Four, the plan must also enable us to deliver affordable service, and we must absolutely ensure in particular that our lower income customers are not disproportionately harmed by our energy transformation. As many of you know, the inflation rate is now the highest it's been in a generation. So this means setting a realistic but also an opportunistic timeline that might capture some projected resource declines cost declines, rather. And finally, five, the plan must support electric reliability. And simply put, this means that our plan must demonstrate Clean Power SF's contribution to the CPUC's electric power reliability requirements. So in developing the 2022 plan, we're aiming to balance these these program goals to land at a portfolio that is at the intersection of all of these priorities. So diving into our modeling portfolios, um, we will model a total of six portfolios, four of which will be conforming. And by conforming, these portfolios will use only the required CPUC inputs. And across all of these four portfolios, we'll model achieving 100% renewable energy by 2025 and local resource prioritization. We'll also submit two alternative portfolios that deviate from the CPUC inputs by including San Francisco's local electric vehicle and building electrification targets. And all portfolios will reflect the impacts of recent global macroeconomic events on new renewable resource build schedules. So plans are great and of course necessary, but as Mike Tyson once famously said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. We have to plan for the unexpected, which is always an inevitable occurrence. So we'll subject our models to three main sensitivities or what ifs. So what if vehicle electrification happens even faster than current city goals? What if building electrification happens faster than current city goals? And what if we see worsening drought conditions that reduce hydroelectric generation? So all of this gets us to the preferred portfolio. The preferred portfolio will tie together our sensitivity analysis, updates to our local renewables analysis, and city and state policy goals. After we complete our analysis, we'll return to the commission in September to present our summarized reports in an informational report. In October, we'll come back to you to to recommend a preferred portfolio for you to adopt, and that's the portfolio we'll submit to the California PUC. What we submit to you will will serve as a resource roadmap for Clean Power SF for the next two years of power purchasing and energy resource development activities to meet program goals through 2032. It's also very important to us in this process that we hear from community and interested parties in developing the plan and in ultimately selecting the portfolio we submit to the California PUC. So toward this end, we've created multiple venues for community members to participate and stay informed about the plan development. Um, One is through an online survey that opened earlier this month and closes on July 1st. Next week we'll hold two virtual community workshops on June 21st and 23rd, and then finally we have a dedicated site on our web page for people to get um, information and stay informed. So in closing, our next steps will be to model the plan portfolios through August 2022. Um, Beginning August through September, we'll be seeking community feedback on the modeling results. After the analysis is completed, as I mentioned earlier, we'll present um, findings, summarized findings to you in an information report in September, and then finally, we'll return to you in October to present our recommended preferred portfolio and seek your approval prior to submitting to the California PUC by November 1st. So that concludes my presentation, and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have.
0: Thank you. Thank you you very much. Uh, Commissioner Maxwell.
8: Thank you very much. I I was glad to hear that you. Are going to come back with the community um, input, and how much of that community input will will you um, consider?
18: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I might want to have our director come up and talk about um, the community input that we that we'll incorporate. Because I was just
8: thinking, suppose a community said, "Look, in that program, we'd like to hear about green jobs. We'd like to hear about." Um, YOU KNOW, how, HOW ALL OF THIS IS GOING TO MAKE uh, A DIFFERENCE TO OUR COMMUNITY. Um, SHOULD WE TELL OUR KIDS, LOOK, THINK ABOUT GOING, THIS IS WHERE WE'RE HEADED. THINK ABOUT GOING INTO THIS FIELD. IS IT GOING TO BE, YOU KNOW, SO COMMUNITY INPUT MIGHT INCLUDE SOMETHING LIKE THAT. HOW, how MUCH OF THAT WOULD YOU, SINCE yeah. it, THERE'S NOTHING in, uh, LIKE THAT IN YOUR, WHAT YOU'RE LOOKING AT.
17: THANK YOU, COMMISSIONER. Uh, MIKE HIMES, I'M DIRECTOR OF THE CLEAN POWER Up PROGRAM. Um, So our first goal is to really listen to the community and hear that kind of uh, interest. You know, what what is the community's interest in the planning process? Um, And then I think, you know, what we, the action that we can take in response to that is going to be a little dependent on whether it's within the frame of the IRP. Um, Questions like that about uh, green job creation, uh, things that can happen in the community. Some of that may, may not, maybe be slightly tangential to the initiative of delivering an IRP plan, but to the extent it's uh, part of our planning process, we'll take that in. And I think importantly, what we're trying to do is start this early so that the community can hear back from us too. Um, it is a compressed schedule as I think you probably saw, um, so we're we're starting this early in the process so that we can hear uh, what the community is interested in, and we'll provide feedback to the community as to what we can accomplish and what we can address. I hope that. Yes, gets to thank what you're you. And, for.
8: and what about outreach? Um, do you have a plan for the outreach, and is there something that we can see that you can send to us so that you know we have an idea who in the community you're talking to? Because of course, not everybody's interested in. It. So, yeah. who in the community, and are you trying to get people more interested in what you're doing, and how is that happening?
17: Yes, we can absolutely share more information with this commission, uh, and we're we're casting a very wide net. My understanding is, I think prior to uh, workshops that are um, taking place next week, mm, uh, we've reached out to something like 600 organizations that the PUC frequently reaches out to. Um, so, uh, but we can we can report specifically on uh, okay. what so we've done. So, have
8: you? Um, broaden that since you 're reaching out to people you normally reach out to, um, you know because this is a big deal it 's a big deal because San Francisco, as you mentioned, is talking about more and more electrification so yeah
18: um, yes, yeah, so um, I understand that we have cast an even broader net in the outreach this time around than than last time around I think i'm um, listening to comments from community members from a couple years ago. So um, we have, you know, sort of reached out to some of the usual suspects, environmental climate organizations, also racial and economic justice groups, merchant associations, political organizations as well, um, customers too, you know, to sort of really inform the plan. And and as as, um, Mr. Himes was saying, um, there may not THERE there MAY BE SOME REALLY GOOD OPPORTUNITIES TO INCORPORATE SOME OF THAT FEEDBACK um, Mm -hmm. INTO THE PLAN THAT GOES TO THE CPC, BUT THAT WOULDN'T STOP US NECESSARILY FROM IMPLEMENTING um, SOME OF WHAT THE COMMUNITY MEMBERS HAVE REQUESTED ON THE GROUND BECAUSE, YOU KNOW, ON THE ONE HAND, WE HAVE THIS REGULATORY PROCESS THAT WE'VE GOT to ANSWER TO, BUT WE ALSO, YOU KNOW, LIVE Mm -hmm. HERE IN THE CITY AND PROVIDE SERVICE um, AND WE CAN BE PROBABLY RESPONSIVE.
8: THANK YOU. THANK YOU VERY MUCH AND THANK YOU FOR YOUR ENTHUSIASM yeah i appreciate that we had some of that last commission meeting too and that was good good stuff thank you
0: okay thank you commissioner paulson
16: no thank you uh, for those questions um i wasn't um i was thinking of asking similar outreach questions and the only reason i'm asking this question is you came. you did a back of hand list of community and and political and whatever i didn't hear the word labor are you reaching out to labor organizations on your list i mean you said 600 um you know, yes. organizations that's, you know, that's probably like one ninetieth of what we have in San Francisco. There's a organization on every corner of this yes. town, but, um, is, is labor, um, you know, officially on that list? And La-
18: my understanding is labor, yes, is on that list and we can return to you. Um, I believe in September, you know, sort of with a, a full accounting or even maybe before of our, um, approach but does this go to like
16: say the San Francisco Labor Council, which is the umbrella organization? I assume, I'm assuming that that is, you know, that represents, you know, yes. hundreds of thousands of workers. So, um, yes. okay, thank you. I'm nodding.
18: Thanks. Lots of nodding.
0: Thank you. And, and I had a question. You had uh, distinguished between conforming and non-conforming portfolio. Uh, Could you give some examples of uh, what would be non-conforming projects?
18: So uh, what I would say is a non-conforming portfolio would um, capture some local inputs. So let me just back up. So the conforming portfolios, I'll back up even a little further. Um, THE STATE SETS THIS PROCESS FOR STATEWIDE um, LOAD SERVING ENTITIES, INCLUDING THE IOUs, YOU KNOW, PG&E, SDG&E, ET CETERA. AND SO um, A LOT OF THE, the, the INPUTS, THE, the LOAD pro- PROFILES ARE DELIVERED TO ALL OF US, RIGHT? AND SO um, OURS, the, THE ONES THAT WE GET MAY OR MAY NOT SORT OF BE THE CLOSEST REFLECTION, of what we know is sort of the reality of what demand is, or what it might be in the future. So one of the um, one of the things that may sort of not be as close to the reality as we think will be is um, building electrification, especially given um, some of the recent policy changes in um, you know sort of the San Francisco's code, right? Some of the I think new build is required to be completely electrified or almost nearly electrified, for example. And those inputs um, aren't sort of given to us by the uh, the CPUC, which we have to sort of respond to. So all, our alternate portfolios will sort of capture more of that local sense of what the demand might be. So that's on building electrification, but also on um, electric vehicles as well. So again, the data that we'll get from the CPUC that we'll, you know, sort of have to um, sort of model, um, may not sort of be the closest reflection of what we think either building or um, EV electric vehicle demand might be.
8: Does that answer your question? Okay.
18: Yes, thank you. Okay.
8: So that's non-conforming then?
18: Yeah, that would be the alternative okay. or alternate portfolios. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Th- thank you. Any other questions or comments? Uh, seeing none, public comment.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 7D, the Clean Power SF Integrated Resource Plan, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, are there any speakers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there is one caller in the queue. Thank you. Hello, caller, I've opened your line. You have two minutes.
19: Um, Thank you again, uh, President Anson Moran. Uh, I'll leave a for the record. My pronouns are she and her when talk about the IRP. Uh, I'm in favor. I think we have a good IRP. I am finding the chart on page four to be a little bit confusing and unclear. Uh, I would like to see a clarification of how the large hydroelectric allotment will decrease over the next few years. Because while we at this stage, we have only 3.5% unspecified power. We still have 42% uh, large hydroelectric. So, uh, I would like to see the chart clarified further to be able to make the distinction in the upcoming years as to how much the actual full renewable percentage will increase, uh, getting to 100%. So, uh, this clarification is important. Uh, so that we don't mistake renewable for 100% carbon-free. 100% carbon-free is a good thing. We're almost there. But the problem with large hydroelectric is that it's highly drought-dependent. So I'm not hard against large hydroelectric, but we want to clarify our movement away from that toward the 100% renewable based on the eligible, renewable categories of generation. But I think we can make this happen by uh, 2025. It needs to be done sooner rather than later. Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. Madam Secretary, there are no more callers in the queue.
1: Public comment on item 7D is closed.
2: And Madam Secretary,
0: uh, that concludes my report. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, next item, please.
1: Next item is item eight new commission business.
0: Commissioners, any new business? Seeing none, next item, please.
1: Item nine is your consent calendar.
0: Commissioners, any request for items to be removed from the consent calendar? Seeing none, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 9C, the consent calendar, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on the consent calendar? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary,
0: there are no callers in the queue.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item number 9 is closed.
0: Thank you. Uh, Commissioners, uh, may I have a motion and a second on the consent calendar?
8: Move to approve. I'm sorry? Move to approve.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Second. Uh, Moved and seconded. Roll call, please. President Moran? Aye.
1: Vice President Jummy. Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have four ayes.
0: And the consent calendar is adopted. Next item, please.
1: Next item is item number 10, adopt a resolution pledging commission support of LGBTQ plus pride month, June 2022 in the city and county of San Francisco.
20: Mr. Pearl. Good afternoon, uh, commissioners. Happy LGBT pride uh, month for 2022. Um, Charles Pearl, deputy CFO. Uh, June is LGBTQ pride month in San Francisco and I'm proud to present uh, and represent uh, SFPUC staff and the executive team today with this resolution that's before you requesting commission uh, formally voice voice it's uh, uh, approval and support of San Francisco pride for this year. Uh, commissioners uh, pride month in June has traditionally been a time to both celebrate and of course recognize in a visible way, the many accomplishments and continuing challenges facing the LGBTQ plus community. Earlier this year, SFPUC staff formed the agency's first LGBTQIA employee group with a focus on engaging employees beyond the day-to-day mission of the agency. This employee group worked uh, with uh, support from the executive team to develop the resolution that's before you today. Uh, commissioners, your support for LGBTQ Pride Month is important, in that it is a visible symbol of supporting not only SFPUC employees, but also our agency's place within the broader San Francisco community. Um, I thank you for your consideration of the resolution, and I'm happy to answer any questions. And happy pride. (laughs) Thank you. Uh,
0: Any questions for Mr. Pearl?
8: I guess I don't have any questions. I've been talking a lot this, I don't know. But um, I just think it's... Thank you for doing this. I think it's important, and it's an important step that we are recognizing, and we are recognized as understanding the importance of being a part of the world and that everybody's important, so thank you. Great.
0: Indeed, and I, I don't recall that we've ever done this before. No, so we, we have so, not before. Thank you uh, for bringing this forward to Quite us. Frankly,
7: I was surprised Yeah. when uh,
0: I figured
7: that the agency did, and. I'm glad we we're able to do this. Great.
0: Um, any other comments? Public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment, specifically on item number ten. Please press star three to raise your hands. Raise your hands to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator. Do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there is one caller in the queue. Hello, caller, your line is open. You have two minutes.
19: Um, thank you again, uh, Chair Anson Moran. I'll leave the decree for the record, she and her. Uh, this is important. I support it. I hope you do too. Uh, we need three votes to pass this. Uh, I hope that it would be unanimous, that you would all be of one accord in supporting this resolution. This is a, a fully inclusive resolution because I'm a person who does not particularly unique definition set by society, but I'm a person just as much. And I want that whenever a, that I uh, accept the services of SFPUC to be able to be treated just as anybody else would, because SFPUC serves all of the people of San Francisco, both those who live in San Francisco and also the many, including myself, visit even to set foot on san francisco soil for a short time um i don't know if there are other people who are going to speak on this i hope that they would be in support this is not an easy thing for people to support but it is a necessary thing and that is why i'm speaking on it uh, we the people who uh fit under the lgbt umbrella and those who are allies Uh, We should never feel that we have to feed our identities. I ask that you you acknowledge our presence as a full and legitimate part of San Francisco society, Uh, not just in the use of electricity and water and sewer services, but in our existing in the fullness that is the city and county of San Francisco. I ask that you pass this, and I hope that your vote would be unanimous. Thank
2: you. Thank you for your comments. Madam Secretary, there are no more callers
0: in the queue.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 10 is closed.
0: Thank you. Uh, any additional comment
16: from the commission? A motion and a second, please. I'm proud to um, move this uh, resolution.
0: Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call, please. President Moran. Aye.
16: Vice President
1: Jummy? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson?
0: Aye.
1: You have four ayes.
0: And the item passes. Thank you for bringing that to us. Uh, next item please.
1: Item 11, approve the use of certain form of contracts to purchase and sell electricity and related project, products. Delegate to the general manager authority to execute the contracts on behalf of the SFPC and authorize the general manager to seek approval from the Board of Supervisors to execute power supply contracts.
21: Good afternoon, Commissioners, General Manager, and uh, Council. I'm Barbara Hale, Assistant General Manager for Power, and I'm here to present this resolution. It addresses the authority of the General Manager to execute contracts for both the purchase and the sale of electricity and related products. The wholesale contracts support our Hetch Hetchy and Clean Power SF programs. The resolution would delegate to the General Manager the use of specified form contracts for the purchase and sale of electricity prod- products under uh, limited conditions for five years. These contracts include industry standard form contracts, uh, which the commission and the board have approved for use previously by Hetchy and Clean Power SF. These are the form contracts used most to, t- to transact uh, electricity bus- our, our electricity business within- and within the industry. In addition, PUC staff have developed new and revised form contracts with the city attorney's office and with our partners at the joint power authority, California community power to address powers, ongoing power supply and uh, regulatory requirements. The agreements leverage industry standard terms and incorporate San Francisco specific requirements. Um, AND JUST FOR A FEW EXAMPLES OF THOSE, IT'D BE LIKE OUR LIMITED PAYMENT OBLIGATIONS, OUR GUARANTEED MAXIMUM COST, THOSE SORTS OF TERMS THAT WE'RE FAMILIAR WITH BUT MAYBE THE INDUSTRY DOESN'T USE. WE'RE ASKING YOU TO APPROVE THE ONGOING USE OF THESE 12 FORM AGREEMENTS THAT ARE LISTED ON THE THIRD PAGE OF THE AGENDA ITEM. Uh, THREE OF THESE YOU HAVE NOT APPROVED BEFORE, NOR HAS THE BOARD, BUT THEY'RE VARIANTS BY TO ADDRESS TECHNOLOGY DIFFERENCES, FOR EXAMPLE, OF CONTRACTS THAT YOU HAVE APPROVED BEFORE. SO THESE ARE CONTRACTS um, AS DESCRIBED IN THE AGENDA ITEM THAT um, ALLOW US TO PURCHASE RENEWABLE POWER, OR RENEWABLE POWER PLUS ENERGY STORAGE, OR JUST ENERGY STORAGE, OR SMALLER RENEWABLE POWER PROJECTS, um, WHERE THE TERMS ARE uh, LESS ONEROUS GIVEN THE SMALLER NATURE OF THE PROJECTS. Uh, and then the different project participation and share agreements for those, proje- for those types of projects uh, that we've um, executed with our partners in, community, in, in the California Community Power Association. The resolution would also delegate to the general manager the authority to enter into contracts for the sale of power and related projects. So you'll recall that under charter section 9.118, it requires contracts that generate revenue of a million or more, $1 million or more, to be approved by the board of supervisors. This delegation of authority would allow Hetchy Power and Clean Power SF to sell any excess electricity supplies and products for the benefit of our ratepayers. The resolution would also authorize the general manager to request approval from the Board of Supervisors to execute power supply contracts with terms greater than 10 years um, or that require expenditures of 10 million or more, subject to an annual expenditure limit of $150 million. And with anticipated revenues in excess of a million or more, subject to an annual revenue limit of 10 million per year. The annual expenditure and and revenue caps that I just described um, we're proposing would also be able to be increased by the Board of Supervisors through resolution rather than another ordinance. So I've just described the what, now let's talk about the why. Why are we asking for this authority? Uh, Frankly, it's it's really necessary for uh, the success of our power supply um, requirements. For us to be able to operate and act at a commercial pace, really now more than ever. Uh, the requirement that all contracts that are 10 years or more or 10 million or more go before the Board of Supervisors creates a, a real challenge for us in participating in electricity markets at commercial pace. Some of the products that we need to protect our ratepayers from market price risk are only offered with very short pricing windows. We've um, historically entered into agreements for these products at terms or in quantities that are less than 10 years or less than 10 million in contract cost. That means that we may be missing out on opportunities to procure lower cost energy supplies for our customers. You know, really a longer commitment from us could result in a lower price being offered to us. We've previously, Uh, OBTAINED CONDITIONAL DELEGATED AUTHORITY FOR THE GM uh, FROM THE COMMISSION AND THE BOARD OF SUPERVISORS TO ENTER INTO THESE TYPES OF CONTRACTS. OVER THE PAST YEAR, WE'VE SEEN AN INCREASING VOLATILITY IN POWER SUPPLY MARKETS. THAT'S ANOTHER REASON WHY WE'RE we're HERE. AND THAT'S MADE IT MORE DIFFICULT FOR US TO SUCCESSFULLY TRANSACT, GIVEN our, OUR APPROVAL TIMELINES. THE MARKET PRICE VOLATILITY HAS REDUCED THE ABILITY OF OUR SUPPLIERS TO HOLD THEIR PRICE. THEY SUBMIT IT INTO OUR SOLICITATION our approval amount of time takes so long, we lose them. Uh, And when there's a a market price volatility is really when we most need to be nimble and responsive to protect our ratepayers. Further, we've seen a significant growth in uh, demand across the state for these scarce electricity resources, the increased demand means that there's more buyers pursuing this limited set of offers, um, which really means that, you know, THEY HAVE ALTERNATIVES. <laughs> we, WE NEED uh, uh, TO MAKE SURE THAT SAN FRANCISCO CAN ACT AT THE PACE OR AT THE TERMS THAT ARE REQUIRED BY THE MARKET. Um, IT'S REALLY A COMPETITIVE MARKET THAT WE'RE OPERATING IN. Uh, ONGOING NEW PROCUREMENT IS ALSO REQUIRED TO MEET OUR REGULATORY REQUIREMENTS. Uh, THE CPUC ORDERS that, THAT Cheryl TAYLOR TALKED ABOUT, RIGHT? Um, FAILURE TO MEET REGULATORY REQUIREMENTS HAS FINANCIAL AND um, REPUTATIONAL CONSEQUENCES. SO TO SUM UP, DELEGATING LIMITED AND CONDITIONAL AUTHORITY TO THE GENERAL MANAGER FOR POWER SUPPLY CONTRACTING WILL HELP US MOVE QUICKLY AND ACQUIRE THE MOST COST EFFECTIVE POWER SUPPLY RESOURCES TO SERVE OUR CUSTOMERS AND MEET OUR REGULATORY REQUIREMENTS. IT ENSURES THAT WHEN WE HAVE PRODUCTS TO SELL, We act at a commercial pace and achieve the best price for our customers. So thank you for considering this item today. I want to publicly recognize the collaboration between PUC staff and city attorney to develop these agreements. Um, I'm available to answer any questions you may have. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Paulson.
16: So a couple uh, simple questions. I mean, there's quite a list of of the flexibility type of issues i'll call them that you have listed on here and i'm sure you've added that all up so i I have a couple of quick questions when you say this is a limited list um, i was until you said that i was thinking this was going to be a comprehensive list so that the flexibility so you don't have to come back here every time somebody comes up with some product or some new idea or something and you got to wait a month or two weeks or whatever to get us approved what is what is limited about this because the idea of giving um, the general manager that authority to uh oh you know you call up and say hey look what I found let's do it you know you can do it without waiting you know two weeks or so so what's limited about it
21: yeah so we're not attempting to limit the um, types of products what we're trying to to express is um, delegation of the authority under limited conditions so it's only for five years it's not CONTINUOUS IT'S ONLY UP TO FOR um, THE SALE OF of POWER IT'S ONLY UP TO 10 MILLION PER YEAR IN REVENUE FOR THE PURCHASE OF POWER IT'S ONLY UP TO 150 MILLION PER YEAR OVER YOU KNOW FOR EACH OF THOSE FIVE YEARS 150 MILLION DOLLAR CAP OF AUTHORITY SO IT'S NOT UNRESTRAINED DELEGATION BUT WE THINK IT'S A REASONABLE AMOUNT OF DELEGATION TO ALLOW US TO ACT RESPONSIBLY AND IN THE ratepayers' INTEREST
16: um, and, and again, this is for the flexibility that I originally started with to be able to just do it. Okay. Um, secondly, I, I take it, um, you know, because you've been working with the city attorney's office. Um, and I assume that this would include attorneys that would be associated with the board of supervisors also so that, um, despite their authority that, you know, this isn't a surprise party to them either that we're going along these lines because, you know, I've, you know, run into supervisor to say, boy, we've sure approved a lot of stuff at the SFPUC the other day for crying out loud. And, and it wasn't a complaint, but it was just an acknowledgement that, you know, there's a large budget that, uh, you know, that we're responsible for um, in this right. stuff. So I, I take it there's some outreach to the Board of Supervisors that this is moving forward. You're nodding and maybe. Yes,
21: it is. We're... Yes, we we've been working together with the, the PUC's policy and government affairs team. Um, TO HAVE THE ITEM INTRODUCED AT uh, THE BOARD OF SUPERVISORS. SO it's been, um, IT'S BEEN BEFORE THE BOARD FOR SOME TIME DURING THAT, that INITIAL 30-DAY PERIOD WHERE they, IT'S BEFORE THEM PUBLICLY BUT NO ACTION MAY BE TAKEN. Uh, WE ARE uh, DOING OUTREACH TO HAVE ONE-ON-ONE BRIEFINGS TO MAKE SURE THE OFFICES um, ALL UNDERSTAND what, WHAT THIS REQUEST IS and we're expecting uh the first a, hearing
16: you, you mean 11 supervisors you're, you're talking when you say offices you mean offices of the, 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 of the members of the board of supervisors okay. yes
21: thank you for the clarification um and it's it's uh scheduled for hearing i believe july 13th at this point if memory serves me it's right around that time
16: you mean the sem- similar resolution WOULD SIMULTANEOUSLY BE APPROVED BY THE BY THE okay.
21: YES, ASSUMING THAT YOU AGREE WITH WHAT WE'VE RECOMMENDED HERE TODAY, WE ARE POSITIONED TO MOVE FORWARD WITH THE BOARD OF SUPERVISORS. Uh, THE HOPE IS THEN WE WOULD BE ABLE TO GET APPROVAL FROM THE BOARD OF SUPERVISORS FOR THIS DELEGATED AUTHORITY PRIOR TO THE SUMMER RECESS SO THAT WE CAN EXECUTE CONTRACTS uh, AND KEEP BUSINESS GOING. THANK YOU. THANK YOU.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Maxwell. Um,
8: thank you. I guess my concern is um, the the uh, waivers. Um, and can you tell me how? Uh,
1: I'm sorry, Commissioner Maxwell. Can you please oh, speak into the mic?
8: Yeah. Let me uh, just get some of. The, I looked. I looked up some things here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and some of the things we're waiving, um, it says. Um, increased participation by small and micro local businesses in city contracts, um, the competitive bidding requirement, first source hiring requ- requirements, public access to meeting and records of nonprofit organizations, sweat free contracting administrative code. Um, can you tell me? Oh, and then there's one that says uh, here's the uh, no. It says section seven community benefits. So can you tell me how these things, why we are waiving them? I, I understand that they're not in the regular contracts, mm-hmm. but these are part of San Francisco values. And can you tell me how they have uh, or if you've done some study and found out that they are, um, that they've cost us or caused us some delay or problems and how much of that?
21: Yeah, so I think the, the primary, um, uh, issue that we're dealing with here is that what we're what we're purchasing for many of these contracts is a commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's for for uh, many of these form contracts, we have a competitive um, request for offer process. We uh, send out our our need described in, as a as a, the um, um, megawatt hours over time uh, over our periods of the day. Uh, and we get commodity price offers, so so it's very much a, uh, a, a strike on that product using a form contract. Uh, it's it's the industry standard industry practice across the nation. Um, we if we just won't ha- we won't we don't get the bids for that type of a product if we do not use these form contracts. Uh, so. Some of some of the um, items that you listed for waiver um, are only waived in certain of these contracts. So, like when we're looking on page three of the agenda item, the third page of the agenda item, you see the first four form contracts: Western System Power Pool Agreement, Edison Electric Institute Master Agreement, Renewable Power Purchase Agreement, and Energy Purchase and Sale Agreement. Those are for. Straight up commodity—you're just buying megawatt hours. Mm-hmm. That's all you're getting, usually from a, a facility that's already built, mm-hmm. perhaps through a broker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those those are the types of transactions where you're going to see the largest amount of waiver of city of city rules. When we get into projects where we're making a long-term commitment for a project that will be built, right? Yes. Um, that, that, that doesn't exist yet, yeah. that's where we have the, the most um, ability to incorporate San Francisco's terms. And so you're not seeing as much of the waiver in those. Okay. Um, sorry, go ahead. I, I'm okay, trying so, to be responsive. So please interrupt me you, if I'm not being. That's
8: extremely helpful. Thank you so much. So then on those contracts, we're, we're building something. Then the GM could say, "I think we need to use San Francisco values on this. We need to do local hiring. We need to." Yes. Is that yeah. You so mean? you'll
21: see, you'll see those those terms for um, for uh, PLA and all that kind of stuff yeah. are in those longer term contracts. And those are the ones that we would use. I beg your pardon. And those are the ones that we would use. Yes. Long term. Yes. Oh, and oh. that's what that's what you see in like the. the the second set of contracts there, the Renewable Power Purchase Agreement, the Renewable Power and Energy Storage Purchase Agreement, the Energy Storage Agreement, the Small Renewable Power Purchase Agreement. Most of these projects, again, we send out our paid customer bills that are overdue as arrears, which is how we often refer
22: to them internally as an agency, but it's interchangeable with unpaid late customer bills. So a little background, in July 2021, the State of California allocated $985 million in federal funding through the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 to the State of California Water Resources Control Board for payments to community water and wastewater systems to cover utility debt relief accumulated between March 2020 and June 2021. The water program was rolled out first in the fall of 2021 with any leftover funding to be appropriated to wastewater agencies, which is why this wastewater accept and expend resolution is coming after the water resolution. The SFPUC has received a total of $20.2 million in federal funded utility debt relief, with 7.3 for water arrears, 1.2 for Hetch Hetchy Power, and 2.4 for Clean Power SF. All funds for water and power were distributed in early 2022. Here is a breakdown of the wastewater funds we applied for and received. The SFPUC applied to the wastewater program in April 2022 and was approved for the full amount of $9.3 million. Funds went towards paying off residential and commercial wastewater unpaid bills accrued between March 4, 2020, and june 15 2021 and because fewer wastewater agencies applied for this funding than was expected funds also went towards reimbursing the sfpuc for any discounts they provided during the same time period and to cover the administrative costs of implementing this program sfpuc staff distributed funds to rate payers, rate payers excuse me immediately for two reasons Firstly, because of the timely crediting of customer accounts is a priority as the agency works to reduce arrears. And second, the SFPUC had 60 days to fully distribute funds after we received the check per state guidelines. Both of these reasons spurred the SFPUC to prioritize distributing funding as quickly as possible, which is why this resolution is now coming to you retroactively. So we've already distributed the full $9.3 million we received. I'd also like to provide a brief update on the current state of arrears per request of this commission when we brought a proposal to extend the moratorium on shutoffs in February 2022 from uh, March to July. The graph here displays all active single family residential customers with a balance of more than 90 days past due. You can see that since January 2020, the blue line, which represents the number of accounts, has more than doubled. And the green line, representing their total balance owed, has grown by over 500%. It's important to note that the dollar amount showed here is everything that's owed by these delinquent customers, including their up-to-date bills, which are not yet overdue. This is to give a sense of what dollar amount the agency is at risk of losing if these customers continue to be behind on their bills and not pay. There's a drop in around January and February that you can see on the green line. Um, and that is due to the water payments from the state that we received and distributed. The May and June data was not yet available in time for this presentation, um, but a similar drop can be expected to appear in June to show when we apply the wastewater amounts to customer accounts. There are serious racial, socioeconomic, and environmental justice implications of these growing arrears, as they have not accumulated evenly across the city, as can be seen in the graphs displayed. They're concentrated in low-income and environmental justice areas. To the left is a map showing where the arrears are concentrated. As you can see, they are in the southeast and western parts of the city. This map is a bit outdated, as it was produced by an outside affordability consultant in the winter of 2021, but we have reason to believe that it is still accurate, as the number of accounts is not changing as much as the dollar amount in arrears, which signifies that it's the same customers who are falling deeper and deeper into debt. To the right is a map of the SFPUC's low income and environmental justice areas. Clearly, there is a lot of overlap between these two maps. We will continue to collect this meaningful data and to ensure that our next steps are informed by our findings here. And finally, I've outlined some next steps that the the SFPUC staff are taking to assist customers who are behind on their bills. We will conduct outreach to wastewater debt relief recipients on the benefits they received, continue to advocate for more funding at the state level, and encourage customers to enroll in the low-income household water assistance program to cover any remaining arrears they might have after they've received this wastewater money. And with that, thank you for your consideration of this resolution, and I'll take any questions.
0: Thank you. I have one question. When we make a payment on behalf, of, well, do we make a payment on behalf of the customer or do we send money to the customer themselves?
22: Yeah. Thank you for your question. We automatically applied the credits to any customers who were eligible, which was any residential or commercial customer who had a, an unpaid bill between March, 2020 and June, 2021. So it just automatically was applied to reduce their the amount that they owed us. Okay.
0: So the money never leaves our office. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, it's credited to their account. Thank you. Any other uh, questions or comments, uh, Commissioner Ojami?
10: Thank you so much, Mr. President. I thanks for that that presentation, and I'm really glad to see that we were able to. Uh, receive that money and be able to help the customers a uh, couple of questions. Do we know um, on the percentage wise, like how what percentage of people who were not able to pay the bills, were single family versus uh, multifamily. And then just since we are sending people and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they get one bill that includes their water and wastewater. So I'm assuming the same the 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 people who received, uh, who were behind paying their water and wastewater, were the same people. But I I can totally be wrong. So I would appreciate the comment there as well. And then I have another follow up question.
22: Sure. Um, As to your second question, that's right. It's the same customer base. So it's safe to assume that all the customers who received a water credit also received a wastewater credit, except for a few stormwater accounts. Um, uh-huh. And I don't have the numbers exactly of the split between single-family, multi-family, um, but I do have that accessible, so I can definitely follow up on that question. I know that for wastewater, about 2,500 customers received arrearage assistance, um, and it was the same for, for water.
10: Sure um and i know this is not i mean my last not a question but a comment um, i know this is not related exactly to this but at some point the state of california should look into uh, taking water and wastewater out of um, prop 218 this is really a problem that we can't constantly have i mean i know we have an active um program to help customers to pay for their bill or reduce their rates, but it it is a definitely a big problem for public utilities. So, um, so this, this is a issue that, um, somehow as a broader, um, utility, we should look into how we can build a coalition to push for this. Thank you.
0: And I have another question on, is this the last of this kind of relief money that we're receiving or is there more in the pipeline?
22: That's a good question. Um, We've been told that we should expect more power funding because the power programs were oversubscribed so utilities didn't receive the full amount they applied for so um, the state is currently writing up legislation and it should be, the program should be available sometime in, in the fall for utilities to apply to but we haven't heard anything about Expecting more water and wastewater funding, so it'll probably be the last of that. But we'll likely bring more um, another resolution for additional power funds.
0: Okay. Because one of the things I was wondering on that is if if you have been collecting uh, amounts payable uh, and knowing that there was going to be some relief coming your way, you might let that accumulate, and as you're figure out who you're going to pay every month that uh, water and wastewater wouldn't be high on the list. Are we communicating with our customers to let them know that that situation is likely to change?
22: Are we communicating with them about, sorry, can you repeat the last well, part? Well, the
0: idea that the relief is ending. Yes. Uh, and that uh, they will, that the burden will shift to them to keep current.
22: Yeah, we have a pretty comprehensive communications plan right now to make sure that customers are aware that this will not be, um, it might not cover their entire bill um, as they continue to accumulate arrears outside of that eligibility period. So we're doing a lot of, we had to notify every customer who received this funding of how much they received um, and what it was coming from. So as part of that outreach campaign, we're also telling them to enroll in payment plans, to apply for the new LIWAP program, um, and to make every effort to pay off the rest of their debt to avoid shutoffs in the future. Okay, Okay, thank you. Commissioner Ajami.
10: Actually, I was having a related question to what you just asked on on, uh, are we communicating this or not, but also um, I wonder um, if we, beyond just communicating this with pe- to people, if we can have a very, like, I don't know, a report back at least um, every few months to see how this number is changing, uh, going down, going up, just for us to be able to track it. I'm sure you are tracking it at your end, but it would be good for us to also know, um, you know, in a more regular basis. It doesn't need to be a commission item, but it, it would be great to sort of get a report. Um, or information um, on this, I don't know, on a quarterly basis or something that um, I'll be really curious to know how this is going to change.
22: Yeah, definitely. We can talk um, internally with the different teams that have been working on this to figure out ways to update you all on a more regular basis.
10: Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Any additional comments? Seeing none, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of public comment, specifically on item number 12, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue at this time.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 12 is closed.
0: Okay, then uh, public comment is closed. May I have a motion and a second?
8: Move to approve.
0: And I will second. Roll call, please. Commissioner Moran? Aye.
1: Vice President Jemmy Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Commissioner Paulson has left the room. We have three ayes.
0: And the item passes. Thank you very much. Next item, please.
1: Next item. Is item number 13 adopt a resolution resolution accepting the 2022 SFPC wildfire mitigation plan and authorize the general manager to submit the plan to the California Office of Energy Infrastructure Safety Wildfire Safety Advisory Board on or before July 1, 2022. Good afternoon,
14: commissioners. I'm Margaret Hannaford, division manager of Hetch Hetchy Water and Power Up in Moccasin, California. Mm -hmm. I'm here today to present a summary of our wildfire mitigation plan and request the commission approve our plan. So the SFPUC owns and maintains assets within wildfire risk areas. By state law, we're required to construct, maintain, and operate these electrical lines and equipment in a manner that will minimize the risk of catastrophic wildfire posed by our electrical lines and equipment. In summary, um, the state law requirements include preparing a wildfire mitigation plan annually, submitting our plan to the California Wildfire Safety Advisory Board annually, and then also having a comprehensive update of our plan with review by an independent evaluator once in every three years. So the first question you're probably asking yourself is, where are these assets, and who determines whether in a a high-fire threat district? So the California Public Utilities Commission has created a high-fire threat district map, designating portions of California that are within high-fire threat districts. You see a... um, a portion, an excerpt of that map right up here, you can clearly see San Francisco and the Bay Area on the left, and on the right is, includes O'Shaughnessy, pretty much in that upper right-hand corner. So the California Public Utilities Commission has identified three tiers. Easiest to see on there are the the extreme risk, which is colored pink, um, the yellow, which is a mid-risk, and then the moderate risk is purple. There's, you can't really see much purple area, but we do have a couple of our assets in purple area. Now we've overlaid our electrical lines on this. So over on the right, if you can see those, over on the right and also on the left in San Francisco, in, uh, on the peninsula, you can see some red lines. Those are our distribution electrical lines. That black line that stretches from, I'll just tell you, it's early intake down to Newark. That's our 115 and 230 kilovolt lines. So most of our, um, in the gray area where you you see that black line crossing, we're not in a high fire threat district there, but we are from about O'Shaughnessy down to about Oakdale on the right side of the map. And then once we get towards um, near uh, Tracy, all the way down um, near uh, Calaveras. You'll see that we are in a high-fire threat district. So first off, we set plan principles in our wildfire mitigation plan. And the first is to minimize source ignition of a fire. The second is resiliency of the California electric grid. And third, we want to measure plan effectiveness and performance to ensure we strive towards continual improvement. So how do we do that? We do that by developing prevention, mitigation, and response strategies. That includes situational awareness, which includes training of our teams, understanding when uh, issues are, are an issue that could start a fire. Transmission line inspections, those could be aerial or ground inspections. We do both. Distribution line inspections, substation inspections, vegetation management, recloser and deenergization protocols, similar to you hear about when PG&E is de-energizing power lines. We have restoration of service, and of course important to this project is employee and public communications of our wildfire mitigation plan. So with that said, let's talk about some of our accomplishments this last year that are in our report. So originally we had a, an inspection schedule that was pretty, um, uh, 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 that was um, well-rounded for our two thirty kilovolt lines. Those are under our uh, federal requirements and it's regulated. We have really stepped up our 115 kilovolt program this year on our distribution lines. We've also, all the way from O'Shaughnessy down to uh, San Francisco, we've established tree removal contracts, so that's pretty important. And then we've also performed a settlement sale with the Forest Service uh, in the Stanislaw National Forest to remove uh, almost 400 hazard trees along the 230-kilovolt transmission right-of-way. Another thing we continue to work on is making progress on uh, hardening our, our system. And that's really reduce. We have equipment on the system that can cause a fire. We're replacing some of that equipment to mitigate that risk. Another thing we did this year was integrate our ArcGIS field maps with a dashboard to track vegetation inspection progress, quantify tree removal, and provide visibility to inspection progress to to SFPUC management. This isn't only happening at Hetchy, and we'll be working with natural resources lands management in the Bay Area to do this next year. Another thing that we did, is we initiated purchasing of fire risk software to improve situational awareness of real-time conditions for crews or management for de-energization. This is gonna really make our program a little bit more robust. Currently, we base whether we're gonna de-energize our line based on wind speed and um, conditions, type of year to conditions, whether it's dry or we wouldn't do it during the wet periods. But what it's gonna add to our program is it will include, include an analysis of relative humidity and dead fuel moisture. So give us a little bit better understanding of whether we should be de- de-energizing lines and the conditions that we have. We also initiate a purchase of, an additional wildfire, of additional wildfire mitigation equipment, including a drone with LiDAR capabilities to perform vegetation equipment inspections on the overhead electrical lines. What's important about the plan is we are looking at how we are doing. There are metrics that we've established. It is a self-auditing process. Uh, It includes, uh, the process includes comprehensive data acquisition, comprehensive data analysis, and a quality assurance and quality control component. Now, this includes metrics uh, for a three-year period I'm going to say, you're going to see one of the numbers has increased, and that's item number five, metric number five, the number of times a circuit or circuit segment is de-energized within the high fire threat zone. This has been mostly for our distribution lines. Um, what we are doing is going out and inspecting trees, and if we feel we have an area of concern, we've actually decreased the wind speed at which, at when we will trigger de-energization of those lines. So it's just showing you, it's just a little bit more frequent, but as we remove those trees, that number will probably become less. So we continue to invest in this effort and and grow. Um, As I said, originally there's an independent evaluator review of this document. We will start that in June because it's required this next year. We are removing more trees, about 400 trees on private property on our 230 kilovolt transmission corridor. I didn't say this, but this runs from about early intake, which is right below, right next to Kirkwood Powerhouse, all the way down to Warnerville. So that's our 230 kV distribution lines. We continue to procure equipment to help us support our vegetation management program. And as I said originally, we continue to replace high-fire-risk equipment on our distribution lines. So another thing we're looking at is can we reduce our distribution line footprint? We have lines, distribution lines, for example, running from O'Shaughnessy all the way up to, excuse me, running from intake where Kirkwood is all the way up to O'Shaughnessy. And there's a good chance that we might be able to reduce that footprint, the number of miles of line that we have. And that's because we're considering putting in maybe a a small hydroelectric, uh, a micro uh, hydroelectric facility right there at O'Shaughnessy on our in-stream release. So what we're trying to do in a lot of these cases is reduce our risk. That is it. Do you have any questions for me?
0: Thank you. Commissioner Maxwell.
8: Thank you. And thank you for that report. Much appreciated. Um, could you give me a, an example of, um,
14: of of the equipment that is hazardous? Okay, so on the um, we have what are called 4292 poles on our distribution lines and what that means they contain special equipment um, for switches for us to be performed certain actions And when those actions take place, it can create a spark, spark falls on the ground and can create a fire. So, those are special Uh, poles, distribution poles for us. So, the first thing we do is there's certain rules, state rules on the area that, or federal rules on the area that we clear underneath those, and we clear that area. But we should just reduce, remove the equipment if there's something better out there. So, we're in the process of replacing some of those items like switches. Um, to reduce that risk.
8: And then, when you do tree removal, um, do you do you replace the trees with something, or is it is it just bare or barren? and And I've heard that there are certain um, kinds of of uh, green life green trees
14: or bushes that are fire retardant. Um, so, okay, so what we are doing is we can com- talk to you a little bit. Um, at a later date, about our integrated resources plan on what type of uh, vegetation that we do want to have underneath those trees. We want to do it so it's, I mean, in some of the areas, we're actually looking at um, something that might support the monarch butterflies in some of the areas, looking at replacing some of that. Um, we're also just looking at low growth, low risk. So the likelihood is we're not replacing the trees, we're doing some type of other vegetation underneath the underneath the lines. But you would do some vegetation underneath the yeah. lines. But we would transition it to make it um, mm-hmm. a little bit less uh, maintenance intensive. And, yes, yeah. and have you heard about any uh, plants that are fire retardant or that... Um,
8: I'm going to tell you I'm not familiar with
14: that and I'd have uh-huh. to get back to you.
8: Yeah, because I, I heard that that, that that is something that people are looking at. So. Okay. okay. If I, I think, find it,
14: I'll send it. Oh, thank you. I would appreciate mm-hmm. it. I know there's a lot of discussion of the specific law that I just have to have certain clearance around those lines regardless. Okay. All right. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Ajami. Uh,
10: just want to say how much I appreciate your presentation and actually looking through the slides when you, uh, when uh, I was reading a package. Um, it's, it is such an important issue. Um, it's always a, um, uh, you know, every fire season, I'm always, you know, especially since we have joined SFUC is definitely a concern. that's um, that, uh, that is uh, top of mind for me. So I'm uh, glad to see we have a structured and strategic plan in place, and we are doing things I appreciate all the uh, technology that's being used in this process. Uh, the tracking system, the GIS system, all of that is really, really useful, and I, um, I'm glad to see it. Thank
14: you. Thank you.
21: Thank
0: you. Any further questions from oh, Ms. Handerford?
8: Excuse me, yeah.
0: Commissioner Maxwell.
8: I was wondering, does PG&E use this same kind of um,
14: uh, strategy? We are all um, under the same obligation, and they also are re- required to put a wildfire management plan together. Um, we are different than PG&E, we're much smaller, the number of customers we have off our plans, so there's different items of the plan that apply to us differently. If you compare us to all the other electrical small muni utilities, we look very much the same. Oh, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. Uh, public comment, please.
14: Members of the public wish to make two minutes of remote
1: public comment on item number 13. Please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? See none, Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there
0: are no callers in the queue.
1: Thank you, public comment, and item 13 is closed.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Maxwell.
8: Just one, I just wanted to thank you for coming down. No problem. It's always a pleasure to
14: see you, and thank you. Thank you, I love coming down, so Good.
0: thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, could I have a motion and a second, please? Second. Moved and seconded. (laughs) Roll call. President Moran, Aye.
1: Vice President Ajami. Aye. Commissioner Maxwell. Aye. Commissioner Paulson. Aye. You have four ayes.
0: And the item passes. Next item, please.
1: Item 14 approved the proposed water enterprise security mitigation plan and designate the executive director of the San Francisco Department of Emergency Management as a qualified authority to review the plan and authorize the
14: water enterprise to implement the security mitigation plan. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Um, uh, Margaret Hannaford again from Hetchy, On January 22, 2019, the California Public Utilities Commission um, had uh, developed uh, decision 1801-018 to address physical security and distribution systems that serve critical facilities. We own facilities that fall under this decision. So under this decision, we are required to identify and assess potential risk associated with a physical attack and develop and implement a risk mitigation plan. There are nine elements to this mitigation evaluation. And um, we performed the evaluation and our evaluation didn't really identify any major areas of concern. We have provided a summary document in place of the actual plan to protect sensitive information with your packet. The summary addresses the nine elements mentioned mentioned, as well as mitigation measures the Water Enterprise is implementing at facilities to comply with the CPUC decision and improve physical security. So I just wanted to mention a couple of the things that we're doing to improve our um, physical security at these locations. We are modifying our ingress-egress process to these facilities, which will enhance our physical security posture. One program has been implemented, and the other program will be implemented this next fiscal year. Second, we're going to be looking at this, uh, the risk a little bit more frequently. We will continue to a continuous monitoring program of our potential physical risk at these locations and identify physical, uh, possible mitigations. This isn't the end of this, and I will be back again, or someone will be back again within five years to share our updated physical security plan with you. Thank you for having me here today, and I'm available to respond to questions.
0: Okay, thank you again. uh, Commissioners. Seeing no questions or comments from the commission. Uh, Public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of public remote public comment on item number 14, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue at this time.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 14 is closed.
0: Thank you. Any additional questions or comments? Seeing none, a motion and a second, please.
1: Move to approve.
0: Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call, please.
1: President Moran? Aye. Vice President Ajami? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson?
10: Aye.
1: You have four ayes.
0: Next item, please.
1: Item 15, authorize a general manager to execute on behalf of the City and County of San Francisco an agreement with the County of Tuolumne for an amount not to exceed 2497000 197 and with the duration of six years which provide funding for enhanced essential 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 services as well as mutual aid services for Hetch Hetchy water and power project
14: good afternoon commissioners the Hetch Hetchy water and power project is located on city owned and federal lands a portion which is uh, situated in Tuolumne County Tuolumne County cannot tax most of the attributes of the Hetch Hetchy Water and Power Project because it's located on non-taxable federal lands and contains non-taxable rights, entitlements, and improvements. The loss of this property tax to the county of Tuolumne is significant and impacts their ability to provide certain services, including fire suppression and protection, sheriff, um, sheriff protection and patrol, road maintenance, and ambulance services. Our staff and our pro- we rely on these services. This w- agreement will provide funding for these services We've had a similar agreement since this, uh, like this since 1995 And I'm hoping um, that you will approve this agreement today. That's the end of my presentation
0: Thank you commissioners any questions for Ms. Hannonford? Seeing none public comment, please
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 15, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in the queue at this time.
1: Thank you, public comment on 15 is closed.
0: Uh, Thank you, any additional questions or comments? A motion and a second, please.
1: Second.
0: Moved and seconded roll call, please.
1: President Moran? Aye. Vice President Ajami? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have four ayes.
0: And item 15 passes. You're on a roll. Next item, please.
1: <laughs> 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 item 16 authorize a general manager to execute on behalf of the city and county of San Francisco a collection agreement with the United States Forest Service, Stanislaus National Forest, for an amount not to exceed 2330087 and with a duration of 5 years to provide watershed protection for the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's approved water source water sources in surrounding lands
14: within the Stanislaus National Forest. Hi, uh, good afternoon commissioners. Um, per this agreement, the Stanislaus National Forest will uh, um, this per the agreement, the Stanislaus Nation, National Forest will provide protection service of our water resources and surrounding lands that are located within the Stanislaus National Forest. Those um, specifically, we're talking about Cherry Reservoir Watershed, Cherry Reservoir, and our Cherry Creek down to our Lower Cherry Diversion, Lower Cherry Aqueduct Area. Services to be provided include protecting water quality, providing stewardship of environmental resources, and ensuring essential services within the Stanislaw National Forest remain secure. Examples of activities include patrolling, public education, stock management, improvement maintenance, campsite restoration out at Cherry, garbage removal, and basic law enforcement. We have had a similar agreement uh, since 2008, and today we're asking you to approve this new agreement. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Questions or comments for Ms. Henderford? Commissioner Maxwell.
14: What did we do before the agreement in 2008? They provided services. but it, I couldn't point to it. So we actually, within our agreement, uh, within our uh, documents that we describe um, on our uh, stewardship of the, the facilities, I could not really point to the Forest Service that they were providing that service, and the services that they were providing um, were not really described in detail. So um, originally, you know, that we have the National Park Service agreement, so we started that. Earlier and then, in like around 2006, we decided that we needed to describe that relationship and those services being provided a little bit better. And so that's when we initiated this. Great, thank you.
0: Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 16, please press star three to raise your hand to speak. Do we have any members of the public present who want to speak on this item? Seeing none, Mr. Moderator, do we have any callers with their hands raised?
2: Madam Secretary, there are no callers wishing to be recognized at this time.
1: Thank you. Public comment on item 16 is closed.
0: Thank you. Any additional questions or comments? Then may I have a motion and a second?
1: Move to approve.
0: Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call, please. President Wren. Aye.
1: Vice President Ajami? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Paulson? Aye. You have four ayes.
0: And the item passes, next item please.
1: Item 17, approve the selection of Kennedy Jenks Consultants, Applied Technology and Science Joint Venture, AECOM Technical Services, Water Resources, Engineering Incorporated Joint Venture, Woodward and Curran Incorporated, SRT Consultants Joint Venture, and Brown and Caldwell Lotus Joint Venture. Award contract numbers PRO00188A, 188B, 188 C and 188D, and authorize a general manager to execute four professional service contracts, each for an amount not to exceed $5 million, and each with the duration of five years.
23: Thank you, Mr. Flynn. Good afternoon. Thank you, Commissioners. Ron Flynn, Chief of Staff. I'm here today to seek approval from this Commission for the award of four as needed contracts for highly specialized and technical skills for use in our water enterprise. Um, These contracts, if if approved, would be four as-needed contracts, each in the amount of up to $5 million and up to five years, and they would provide services in in one or more of 11 technical areas, water supplies, water quality services, water treatment, and so forth. THE REASON I'M HERE TODAY TO TALK TO YOU ABOUT IT IS I WANT TO MAKE VERY CLEAR WHAT HAPPENED DURING THE SELECTION PROCESS, WHAT WAS, what was, um, what was um, PART OF THE TECHNICAL SCORES, AND WHAT OTHER ASPECTS OF THE um, EVALUATION WERE AT PLAY. WHEN WE RECEIVED SEVEN um, PROPOSALS FOR THESE um, AS NEEDED CONTRACTS, AND WE WERE GOING TO PROPOSE UP TO FOUR, A panel was put together and it was asked to evaluate the 11 technical areas of water um, um, expertise. That is what they were, that was what was put before them and that was all they were asked to do. They then ranked and scored those. Three different things were added to those technical scores. The first is a DEI score. That is a program in which in, in starting with this contract, which was published in November of 2021 through now in our professional services programs, the PUC asked proposers to include voluntary information about whether or not they had their own diversity, equity, and inclusion um, program and protocols in place. If they did and they gave us those proposals, they would receive five points. If they didn't, they would not. That was five points out of a total of 1,000, so 0.5%, not a large percent, and I will get to that in a moment. Um, that has that was rolled out, and that was not given to a panel. That was the staff who looked at that and made the determination of whether they were submitting this voluntary information. I want to tell you what that is. Well, I just told you what it is. I want to tell you what it is not. Um, what it is is one step in effort of the san francisco puc staff to implement this commission's um um policy on racial justice where it asks the staff to come up with um, ideas to further racial and social justice through the contracting program what is what it is not it is not the end of the story so we're looking at currently at two things and they and these will be reflected as we move forward in um in new um um, proposals. We are looking at how much should it? How much should the measure be? Is it is five points? Is it ten percent? What is the range of points that ha- that are going to cause people to sit up and pay attention and take this seriously? So that's one thing that we're looking at. The next thing we're looking at is w- what are the other things and what should we be asking our vendors, our vendor partners to do? And so that's the what that would be measure. Currently, that what is the inclusion of a DEI um, 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 platform within their own entity. So we're going to be looking at both of those things. In addition, what was so it's so so, but in the in this contract and ones that are going to be coming up, we have these um, this particular um, DEI um, um, question. Two other things were added one is an overhead and profit score that is also not given to the panel. That is a determination of how much um, um, that is a, a, the effective overhead rate that they will be charged that we can ensure that the PUC and our ratepayers are getting a value for dollars when we are spending it. And the third thing is of course a CMD bonus. We ask um, under um, um, um local law that our um, contractors commit to using local business enterprises, including Meebies and Weavis, and they are given, if they meet the goals, they are given a percentage score. And so that is done by CMD. And so all of those things were added together to come up to the total score. Um, so, um, so today I'm asking for your approval. Of these four contracts, and I'm happy to take any questions about um, about the contracts or the scoring process.
0: Thank you, uh, Commissioner Maxwell.
8: Thank you for that clarification. Um, my question is: is when you when you mentioned um, that they're asked if they have a program, mm-hmm. uh, a diversity inclusion program, yes. and they say yes or no?
23: They give us they they, they upload what their diversity equity and inclusion plan is and so it's uploaded into as part of their proposal. They do not have to upload that component for it to be responsive and to be accepted under this plan, but they they don't just check a yes or no box. They give you they give us the plan.
8: And so if they give you the plan, then because they have a plan, it's not it's not evaluated. It's just that oh, we have a plan. They that is, have a plan.
23: That is correct. It's one of the things we are looking at. So that is a that is a, um, um, a, a in a su- subjective or further evaluation of what's in the plan is one of the things that we can drill down on. In the what are we measuring? And currently, you are absolutely correct. It is do they have a plan or not? Okay.
8: So is that what they were calling pass fail?
23: Yes, that's a, I mean that it, I mean those five points that's what they were calling pass fail. Okay. You, do you have a plan? Your plan might be better, but you're not we're not
8: we're not we're evaluating, not evaluating those
23: things. There's no panel doing that. That is that at this point it is pass fail.
8: Okay, so then if you are setting up a criteria for what that plan would look like. So if I'm Jake and I give you a plan and I'm Don or let me say, I'm Emil, and I give you a plan. Then um, you will look at. We will have certain criteria that we're looking for in that plan. Is that what you're thinking about doing?
23: Yes, we're we're examining what the criteria, what would be requesting, how deep it would go. You know, we, so that portion of the what is what we want to come back and sort of have a, a more robust discussion of um, how are, how are we furthering racial and social justice through our contracting, which is the, you know, the, the commission policy that all of this, uh, that underlies all of this.
8: And so then if it's, um, whatever percentage and whatever you're looking at, you're looking for something that will make a difference, no matter if it's 1% or 2%, it will, it will make a difference to whether or not that person, uh, is awarded a contract.
23: That's correct. That is our goal.
8: Okay. All right. And, and so this pass fail or whatever you want to call it, how many contracts has that gone out on? And, um, how many, how many, um, contracts has that gone out, gone out on? And when are we going to have the other, the criteria? When is that going to happen? We have a lot of contracts coming up. That's we correct. always do, right?
23: We always do. So in answer to that first question, it has gone in every contract that has gone out to advertise for professional services since the beginning of the year. Okay. And so that currently is around 20, I believe. I can mm-hmm. get you that exact number.
8: Mm-hmm. I
23: don't have a date, but it is a priority for us to get at both of those things, not just what is being measured, but how it's being measured. And just to be frank, we may come back with two iterations. In other words, let's change how much we are um, measuring, um, and then change the what, or we might get the what first and stuff. But we, those are two different things, and they may go together. But we, we are prioritizing and seeing what we can do. So I don't have the date here, but it I, is I don't a,
8: understand how how they are not together. Well, the what and the how much.
23: This one has five points. Mm-hmm you can imagine a situation where it's this exact same question and it was 5% instead of 0.5%, right? Mm-hmm. So the scale of it is one issue and we're mm-hmm. going to be we're going to be looking at that what's mm-hmm. important and effective.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
23: We are also looking at what 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 are the things that we can do and frankly it's not just do you have a plan it could be entirely separate an entirely just separate issue so the, that's what's being examined we want those ideas there we want to work with the city attorney's office we want to make sure that we are we are pushing forward the policy in a way that is legally defensible Absolutely. and makes sense and so that is what we're going to be working on
8: okay well so i'm going to push you on when okay. and how uh, soon
23: I don't have the answer. I as understand, to, but
8: I'm going to push you.
23: I re, on,
8: uh, <laughs> And pushing means sooner rather than later.
23: I, I, I understand what you are saying, and I hear you. And if I had a date for you, I would give it to I'm you. I'm not asking
8: you for a date. Okay. but I, I'm but, just saying I'm uh, not asking for a date. Let's get that. I, I'm asking you, since you don't have one, I'm not going to ask you for it. Yes. But what I am asking is that you, make, you set its priority, so if it's heightened priority, we're going to do it sooner rather than later. That
7: is correct. Okay. Commissioner, uh, we understand the importance of this, and you have both of our commitment that this highest priority is going to uh, um, mean that we you see meaningful progress sooner rather than later.
8: Good. Thank you. That answer your oh,
7: thank you. question? Yes, because
8: yep. I, I know that um, Mr. Flynn is going to do it. I mean, he's... He doesn't play around with this kind of thing. He's going to make sure it happens. And so I'm confident, but I'm still going to say it, but I'm confident that you will do what you said you're going to do.
0: I will do what I I said I was going to do. Thank Thank you. you. Commissioner Paulson.
16: So I'm going to give you a little more nuts and bolts, easier question. Um, so, you know, as I just look at this, um, there's you know, a company will get up to $5 million a year to do a litany of things with water and security, environmental stuff, whatever that is, specialty stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking out loud, I'm prefacing the question, I'm thinking out loud, this isn't just mere maintenance, and this is definitely not big enough for major infrastructure and stuff, and it's specialty work. Um, so, you know, just give me an example, and there's no wrong answer to this, but could you give me um you know maybe five or six you know bullets of you know what exactly is this specialty work in terms of you know environmental stuff just just an example if i got the contract what am i telling you i'm going to give you because things happen you know is it as needed is it is it you know pre-planned is it like new technology you know just five examples of what these contracts do
23: Absolutely. So first thing I want to make clear, it is 5 million, up to 5 million over five years. So you're correct. This is so, so it's not 5 million a year. It's, it's, it would be 5 million over five years. So it is not. Oh, okay. That's it, even
16: smaller. Okay. It, yeah, yeah. It's,
23: it's, it's a much smaller, but, um, I think Steve Ritchie is going to give you, um, some, you know, some, so, but it, it is, you know, water analysis we're talking you know looking at sort of you know data analysis it is really it really is sort of a quick specialty skill that we need quickly or we need expertise on it is not replacing um our workers doing um the nuts and bolts of our business
16: so again my question is just just a couple of bullets of you know what that actually means um, to Somebody knows something about building
9: in general. But. Yeah, I'm Steve Ritchie, uh, assistant general manager for water. Uh, yes, planning studies of various sorts. Uh, we don't go into engineering in these. Those are those are you know more uh, a different specialty type of contract. Uh, planning studies to begin just a quick assessment of should you go down this path or this path uh, in terms of solving a problem. Uh data analysis is another good example where we have to try to solve a problem and really it takes a lot of work to analyze data to get to, you know, again, the basis for a planning study. Uh do we have a regulatory requirement we need to respond to quickly, where somebody can help give us a plan on uh what are the steps that we need to take uh to actually respond to that regulatory requirement. Um those are some uh, quick, easy examples there. Uh, trying to think off the top of my head for, for another type of thing. I mean, it's, it's, it really is in the planning world of things that we really look at this kind of stuff. Uh, do actually uh, an audit of how we're doing in a program. You know, are we accomplishing what we intended to do in that, and do they have recommendations for us on how we can improve, uh, which could include actually changing our staffing levels. Uh, That would be something that uh, we would put in this kind of work Uh, so the the, these contracts this is uh, uh, Since I've been here. We've been through I think at least four iterations of these contracts uh, Because these are part of our bread-and-butter operation Uh, Folks have them integrated into uh, our work uh, in lots of different ways so that we can actually make sure that we're uh, You know providing the best service we can overall
16: So that's very helpful, Um, so thank you. And also do some of these contracts integrate with current um, staff that are working for the PUC also? Or is this really outside, like we're the only- It's
9: it's a little of both. Sometimes that there are places where we have just an excessive number of vacancies and we can't get some of the bread and butter work done. Uh, so that we actually, you know, uh, you know, tend to add staff there that will help us uh, accomplish uh, what we need to do. Uh, but uh, that's uh, again, it's it's more in, in some engineering areas and service areas where we do that.
16: Okay, thank you. That was helpful.
0: Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Johnny. Uh,
10: since Master Ritchie was there, I'm going to ask him a question oh. if you don't mind and then Mr. Flynn I have a question question for you. Um, Mr. Richie, I think one one quick comment here is, um, and we had this conversation earlier as well. Um, I, I would really like for us to own some of the things that are being developed for us, rather than just being the consumer of what comes out of some of these models and analyses that we are getting um, that we are paying for. Um, so I wonder if there is a way for us to um, institute some form of a I I really don't know how we can do that, but I I think I would really like to see more of, if they're developing a model, I would like us to own it. If they're developing a a data analysis platform, I would like us to own the code and the information that goes in there. Just because I I think it's appropriate for our staff to not only just um, take that data and information, but also be able to um, change it, play with it, you know, test it and add to it. So uh, just uh, um, just a quick comment there. And yeah, I don't know if you have an answer for that, but uh, just. To- well,
9: I do have an answer for that in part. Uh, I think we, we need to, uh, we should spend some time with you and talk about all of the analytical work we do. We have a, a tremendous modeling capability in our staff, uh, which we use extensively. Uh, so I don't want there to be any misconception that we are just buying, you know, somebody to come in and do a model for us and we don't we don't actually even look at it or understand it just to spit out a number that doesn't happen.
10: Yes and I do actually know and value the internal expertise and knowledge that we have with MSFUC and uh, have uh, always been an admirer of that so uh, did not want did not mean to say that at all but just want to make sure every also when if you're paying for something I want to make sure we end up owning and the product at some point as well. Uh, that's,
22: absolutely. That's, yeah.
10: um, and then so, uh, Mr. Flynn, I think going back to the DI discussion, sure. um, I want to put a few scenarios in front of you. Uh, one is, um, you know, all these companies that have applied for this, and, and this is an example, obviously, we are working with. So um, this is not exactly, um, the this is not representing everything we do. but. Um, you know, the major companies, a lot of them now at this point have DEI programs in place. It's very, very rare. Um, if would, they would not have a plan, they have not done something, mm-hmm. how they're implementing them is a different question. But they all have sort of, as part of the process, they have been sort of moving mm-hmm. toward that direction. So, um, however, you can also have smaller companies um, that are not necessarily part of these mainstream pipelines, and they, they, are based, they are not doing these kind of things because they have a small number of staffs, they don't necessarily have a lot of um, capacity uh, to do this, but they might actually have a much more diverse staff in place. And I'm trying to see how in a form, in, a, in a way we are approaching this, how are we going to accommodate the latter, rather than enabling more and more of these, uh, and, and nothing against the major companies. So it's just like, I want to make sure we don't create another way of discriminating um, you know, uh, as part of this process.
23: Yes, so that that is a a great question. That is that's in the the category of what are we measuring and how and what are we asking our companies for. And so this is a plan, but you're exactly correct. It may be. um, And this is where I said we need to work closely with our city attorney. It may be that we um, we have um, a a set of 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 companies who we know are extremely diverse. how do we measure that, and how do we allow that to fit into those worlds? So that is the that is the what that we are digging into, so that we can implement this as robustly as possible, while still protecting um, the agency and the ratepayers from illegal risk, and maybe and where we sit along that. So it is it is because this doesn't include it does not mean that we are not looking at that issue. That is a that is a a great example of. Of, of of the things that we have to look at and figure out how to measure.
10: Uh, and I appreciate. I don't know if you can hear me well. I, I had a little bit of a. Oh, I can hear sorry, you. Sorry, I had a little bit of a Wi-Fi issue. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, perfect. I did hear what you said, and I appreciate that. Um, and I uh, and I, I beyond the fact that we want to make sure. Um, we are not legally liable, I also want to make sure we are actually picking the right players in the process. And um, and make sure making sure we are creating a more, uh, uh, you know, even field for everybody to participate, um, despite that, you know, regardless of their size and their capacity and all that. So, um, so I think that you you have a huge task ahead of you, because, um, because Just having a plan obviously as we all know is not Mm -hmm. the only thing that's going to diversify our workforce
23: that's correct and that's that's one of the reasons why i said it's an iterative process because it is it is um um, we're not going to be changing it every day we need to come we need to come up with a plan we need to see how it works we need to see what the results are we need to be willing to go back and look at that to see if we're getting the results and go back again so it is it is it it is a process, um, so um, which we are undertaking. Um...
10: Uh, one one quick comment there. I know I know this this has come up a few times with the bigger contracts that we have, especially for construction. But um, but even for these kind of contracts, it would be good for us to have some sort of like a um, data tracking, and you know database that we can track. All the different criteria that we are using, that way we can always um, test different hypotheses and be able to improve our process. So, um, as you're sort of putting this together, you might want to consider that as well, or you might already have that in place. So, just want to make sure it's
8: being all right there.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Maxwell. Yes,
8: Um, I just want to, when we talk about risk, we're talking about there's high risk, low risk. Medium risk, and so we're considering all the risk. I know you're a lawyer, you're an attorney, and so risk. But it seems like there's different kinds of risks, and um, and I hope that we are considering that as well.
23: We are, and that is part of the analysis. And I am not. I am. I am a lawyer. Um, I was a lawyer by trade, but now I am working here, and I have my um, utility management hat on, not my lawyer and your hat
8: policy on. and, and your... my
23: policy, and yes. So okay.
8: Um, yes. Thank you.
23: Yeah. I, I hear tell that once a lawyer,
0: however. a <laughs> 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 lawyer. Thank you. Any other questions or comments for Mr. Flynn? Seeing none, public comment, please.
1: Members of the public who wish to make two minutes of remote public comment on item 17, please press star 3 to raise your hand to speak. Do you have any members of the public present who wish to provide comment on this item? Need none. Mr. Moderator, do you have any callers with their hands raised?
0: Madam Secretary, there are no callers in
1: the queue. Thank you. Public comment and item 17 is closed.
0: Any additional comments or questions? Seeing none, a motion and a second please.
1: Move to approve.
0: Second. Moved and seconded. Roll call. President Wren. Aye.
1: Vice President Jummy? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell. Aye. Commissioner Paulson. Aye. You have four ayes.
0: And the item passes. Is there any other matter before this commission?
1: No, that concludes your business for the day.
0: Then this meeting is adjourned. Thank you all. Thank
1: you.